The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. The collision of common sense and comedy. is the collision of common sense and comedy. This is the Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. You are not victims. You are responsible for your actions. We are not going to pretend that you have not been biased. I'm sorry. You've been exposed. The world knows who you are now. It took years, it took decades for the world to finally understand that you are not journalists, you are not above being biased, you are absolutely biased, and you you are using your position knowingly to act at times as propagandists, propagandists for the state, and all the while pretending that you support freedom. You do not. You're a propagandist. The media, you were exposed decades ago, and it's becoming more and more obvious every day. And then you have the audacity to pretend that you are somehow victims, victims. You are delusional. You're deranged. You're over-emotional, hypersensitive, and you certainly do not care about fact. You do not care about freedoms. You care about yourself, your personal agendas, and your over-emotional, unstable state of mind. That's the world we live in. You're a bunch of sensitive snowflakes that are outraged that somebody dares to stand up to you. You've spent your life, your education, your work experience trying to make yourself feel good about yourself because you're famous, you're on television, you're on radio. And somebody has the audacity to call you out for your biases, to shine the light of truth, to expose you. And you're now offended by that? Offended that they had the audacity to do that? Well, I'm sorry. You're not going to get it. You're not going to get my sympathies, and you're not going to get me to back down from the criticisms I have had over, over the years. And the rest of America, left or right, should be standing up to that as we're standing up to you as well. The media claims that they want a free press and that they want freedom, that they stand on that that nobility of the profession, which there is part of it that is noble or at least a, a noble proposition, a noble idea. And it should be. There's a part of it that's very good. Yes, be the loyal opposition always. That's the media's job. Always question. It doesn't matter who the president is, who's in charge, whose power, what their views are. Ask questions. Challenge what they say. That's their job as reporters and anchors. Challenge and report. If you're not challenging, then you're simply a propagandist. Uh, what's that? What should I write, Mr. President? Uh, what should I write, Mr. Congressman? Uh, what's that, Senator? Uh, what's that, Governor? If you're just showing clips of what they said, it doesn't matter. You, you're just a, a recorder. You're not a reporter. You're just recording what they say, which we don't even need in today's world. We've got cameras and microphones everywhere. 
If you're a journalist, you challenge what they say. Uh, that's fine you say that, Mr. President, but my question is, you said something contradictory just yesterday or a year ago. And what about this? And I challenge you on that. The same things we do each and every day, asking them to prioritize and what are solutions and what is your plan next and holding them accountable for things they've said in the past so they're not being hypocritical, to challenge if they're doing something wrong or illegal or immoral or unethical. This is your job. To not do that, you are simply a propagandist, and that's what we have right now. We played for you the clips the last couple of days and have talked about the president on the road first in Florida and then in Pennsylvania where the media challenged Jim Acosta and CNN. Rightful, I mean, the, uh, the crowd challenged the media, Jim Acosta and CNN in particular, rightly. They should do that. This is what we should do as the people. The media isn't uh, segregated from the people. Today, more than ever, the media is made up of the people as well because we're all on some level reporters with our phones on us. They challenged the media who's being biased. And the media did not like that. This isn't really about the president challenging the media. That's not really what they got their their little feelings hurt about. It's that the crowd did. They realized that they they're losing it. They the truth is out there. The facade is down. They've seen behind the curtain and they know who the media is. That's what they don't like. It's not that the president has called them out. I'm sure that has annoyed them, but that has annoyed them for a couple of years now. It's that the crowd is no longer manipulative, being able to be manipulated by them, that they can no longer manipulate the crowd the way they once used to, where a Walter Cronkite could tell you that we shouldn't be in Vietnam, and so we end the Vietnam War. You had to get the media to support it. That's how much power they had. They don't like it. So Jim Acosta questions Sarah Huckabee Sanders. We have two clips that we pulled. It's actually one long clip we cut in half. Uh, we'll start at the beginning where Jim Acosta questions Sarah Huckabee Sanders. He is not nice in this. I uh, applaud and support him challenging her and everybody else and the follow up on questions. But remember this question Regardless of how he's crafting, it isn't really about what he's asking. He's asking about little Jimmy Acosta. That's really what this is about. It's not the media and the fourth estate. It's now about the First Amendment and freedom and journalism and the enemy of the people. No, it's about little Jimmy Acosta having his feelings hurt. I just wanted to follow up on, uh, on Sarah's question from NPR. She asked you about Ivanka Trump's statement that the press is not the enemy of the people. And she asked you whether or not the press is the enemy of the people. You read off a laundry list of your concerns about the press and and things that you feel like are misreported, but you did not say that the press is not the enemy of the people. And I I, I think it would be a good thing if you were to say right here uh, at this briefing that the press, the people who are gathered in this room right now, uh, doing their jobs every day, asking questions of officials like the ones you brought forward earlier, are not the enemy of the people. I, I think we we deserve that. I think the president has made his position known. I also think it's Would ironic. Telling us, I'm, I'm Sarah, trying to answer you your question. Okay, well, I, I it, politely waited, and I even called on you, despite the fact that you interrupted me while calling on your colleague. Well, I said it's ironic. Which is why I interrupted. I'm trying. But if you if you finish, if you would not mind letting me have a hold, hold on one second. Hold on. Let's pause that right there one second. He he uh, is so triggered. He is. 
to the point that she's even like, listen, um, I called you despite <laughs> I was calling on somebody else. You yes. kept interrupting or whatever. You can let me speak. Tries to speak. And he has to defend himself even in those couple of words. And remember, Jim Acosta, it's not just about the you know him calling out the president and the president calling him out at times. And then the president uh, using the term, uh, the media is the enemy of the people. Or fake news. Fake news. Any of that stuff. Jim Acosta has absolutely been biased. He comments all the time from his personal opinions. It's regular. It's standard. It's not a journalist saying, here's what the facts are, and I challenge the president because he's the president. He's a person in a position of power, and we have to hold uh, those people accountable always. It's not about that. It's about, I feel this, and I feel that, and here's what I believe, assuming things. We had one uh, in Florida just after it when the president wrongly said that uh, you have to present an ID when you buy groceries, and Jim Acosta was president is so out of touch. Really? You know that's why he said it that way? He didn't screw up? You know he's out of touch? That's not a reporter. That's an opinion. Here we go. A little more. I said it's ironic. Which is why I interrupted. I'm trying. But if you, if you finish, if you would not mind letting me have a follow-up, that would be fine. But It's ironic, Jim, uh, that not only you and the media attack the president for his rhetoric uh, when they frequently lower the level of conversation in this country. Repeatedly, repeatedly, the media resorts to personal attacks without any content other than to incite anger. Uh, the media has attacked me personally on a number of occasions, including your own network, said I should be harassed as a life sentence, that I should be choked. ICE officials are not welcomed in their place of worship and personal information is shared on the Internet. When I was hosted by the Correspondents Association, of which almost all of you are members of, you brought a comedian up to attack my appearance and call me a traitor to my own gender. In fact, as I know, um, I'm as far as I know, I'm the first press secretary in the history of the United States that's required secret service protection the media continues to ratchet up the verbal assault against the president and everyone in this administration and certainly we have a role to play but the media has a role to play for the discourse in this country as well uh your thoughts chris cruz she's right she's absolutely right and it's funny because as you see the first interactions between her and acosta even the reporters are like like shut up Right, right, yeah. <laughs> now, here's the thing. She sounds to me, and I believe, this is my speculation, that she's also a little personally triggered here. Oh, yeah, she's also triggered. She's well. also yes. a little person. This is yes. about it. But I give her credit in that she kept it still on a level of professionalism. What yes. she said was not, even though she used herself as one example, personal. I feel like she probably wants to make it, and she was really triggered about everything yeah. at the White House Correspondents' Dinner and everything else. Yes. She seemed a little hypersensitive there. But in this statement and what she did, she was absolutely right. This is one of the best moments, I think, that I have seen of Sarah Huckabee Sanders. I'm not her biggest fan. I don't hate her. I just don't care for her. I'm a little biased because I think her dad is reprehensible and the apple probably doesn't fall too far from the tree. I have not been blindly in support of the Trump administration. So my feelings about her have been meh. Yeah. But she was spot on here. She did her job and she was right. She called him out and she held him accountable. Now, I think uh, it would have been nice if she had been a little more direct in answering their questions about is the media the enemy of the people? If she had been more direct, more obvious, a little more simple. Because what I would like to hear somebody say is, no, the media 
is not the enemy of the people. Some members of the media, many of them, maybe even the majority of them now, are absolutely the enemy of the people. Not because they have challenged one president based on their biases. It's that when you challenge anybody based on your biases, that is your motivation and that's what drives you and that's what is presented. You are propagandists. It doesn't matter who or what you're a propagandist for. The people are not able to be free if you are, if you are the propagandist and manipulating them. That is the enemy of the people. So is the idea of a free press, the First Amendment, and some members of the press, are they enemies of the people now? No. They're vital. They're, they're defenders. They're helpers, supporters of the people in freedom. But what we have now in many people, and we've seen reports over and over the last year and a half, two years, the, the, uh, the targeting of Trump by the media. If you look at the reporting, the reports are consistently 90-some percent negative. 90 some percent wow. we've had moments certain issues and things where the media is 98 99 percent critical of trump both in the way the story is presented which stories are chosen the opinions that follow that shouldn't be part of journalism at all yeah that's bias it doesn't matter who you're biased against let me show you uh, play now the second clip of sarah huckabee saunders where jim acosta continues he followed up on what she just said sir if you don't mind if i if, I, if, I, if I may follow up if i may follow up excuse me you did not say in the course of those remarks that you just made that the press is not the enemy of the people are we to take it from what you just said we all get put through the ringer we all get put in the meat grinder in this town and you're no exception. And I'm sorry that that happened to you. I wish that that, that had not happened. But for, for the sake of this, this room, the people who are in this room, this democracy, this country, all the people around the world are watching what you're saying, Sarah. And the White House for the United States of America, the President of the United States, should not refer to us as the enemy of the people. His own daughter acknowledges that. And all I'm asking you to do, Sarah, is to acknowledge that right now and right here. I, I appreciate your passion. I share it. Um, I've addressed this question. I've addressed my personal feelings. I'm here to speak on behalf of the President. He's made his comments clear. We have a lot more to get to on this, but I want to share a uh, tweet from Dan Rather. Dan Rather. Dan he was Rather. CBS. You don't even remember. Uh-oh. Dan, he was back in the day when you had three main networks. It was CBS, uh-huh. NBC, and ABC. Dan Rather was the heir apparent to Walter Cronkite. Oh, okay, got it. And he got was it. the longtime anchor of CBS, all the while pretending that he was unbiased and just reporting. And as it turns out, we've seen as he's gotten older with social media and all this stuff, exactly how biased he was. Remember, he got fired for false reporting of George W. Bush. That's how he got fired. He tweeted out, oh, and by the way, now works for the Young Turks. Oh, him. Got it. Yes. That's what you had to say. He tweeted, we can't shrug off Trump's attacks on the press ever. They're undemocratic. And invite, even incite violence. Okay. They're inviting and actually inciting violence, he said. This bears repeating. It demands repeating. Last night at CNN's at DaCosta faced down a hostile crowd. Support from his colleagues, commentators, and general public is a must. Hmm. So what the president does by calling them out is inciting and inviting violence. That's what the president, by the president exposing people for yes. their biases, which is what he's done. Yes. 
said it's inviting violence. Hmm. Meanwhile, all of those reporters reporting quite often inaccuracies, lies. Sometimes they get it right. Sometimes the challenges are warranted. But the overwhelming bias, it's so obvious. You can't watch any of the news without it. you walking away instantly with anti-Trump feelings. Even if you're pro-Trump, you watch it and you're just like, oh, man, nonstop anti-Trump. Which just a few years ago when they reported on the president, Obama, it was, it was a 180. It was overwhelmingly, oh, well, so wonderful. And he's the first black president. He's spectacular. And he just wants to help in green environment and overseas and democracy. All of this stuff. A complete 180. That does not incite violence. The dividing of America. The perpetuating propaganda does not incite or invite violence. Telling half the people that they're racist, which the media continues to do. That does not incite violence. These people are delusional little snowflakes. And I'm sorry, just because you got your little feelings hurt does not mean I'm going to start lying or backing off or pretending you people are not what we know you are. It's not going to change. So you people either learn your job, do it better, or get used to more of this stuff. The Morning Blaze. Inappropriately appropriating cultures since 2012. This is The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson on the Blaze Radio Network. Eight 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 nine hundred thirty three ninety three. The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. All right, I'll I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. I'm willing to let bygones be bygones and say moving forward, you didn't know the error of your ways. You didn't realize how biased you are. The evidence is clear. Learn your job. Do it better. Start over. And I'm willing to move past it. But do not pretend that you have not been. There is overwhelming evidence. Stop. Decide what a journalist is. If you want to be a commentator, if you want to be a political commentator offering your opinion, offer op-ed pieces, little videos, fine, go and do it. But stop pretending you're an anchor and a journalist. Stop presenting your, pretending you're coming in from an unbiased position. That's not who you are. Maybe we need to redefine journalism now, and that's fine. Transparency is the key. And if you are telling me you're basing all of this on your better self because you want good things for everybody. You're the little snowflake on the left wringing your hand saying, why can't we? And it should just be better. Fine. Then be better. You're alienating half the country. It's not just about Trump. It's about half the people who are not acting because they're racist. Sure, a few people are on either side really bad people. But that's not why they're acting the way they act. That's not why they support Trump. It's not why they do what they do. They do what they do for the same reasons you do what you do for themselves, for their families, for their future, for the betterment of America, for their posterity, for the same reasons you do. They just have a different view of how to get there. So, Jim Acosta then, all triggered after this, walks out of that press uh, briefing. Oh, yeah. Goes on the air with Brooke Baldwin and gets all sensitive again. Here's Brooke. 
first of all, let me just speak on behalf of my CNN colleagues in knowing that no one ever called for the press secretary to be choked or harassed from this network, number one. And number two, exactly why right. can't this White House... Did you... Hold on, we're going to have to start that over. No one ever called for her to be choked, ever, from this network. Hold on. From this network. From this network. From this network. From this network. Well, see here, the truth is, someone did call for her to be choked, or at least said, how do you keep from choking her because they were so triggered? Again, listen to how Brooke starts this. First of all, let me just speak on behalf of my CNN colleagues in knowing that no one ever called for the press secretary to be choked or harassed from this saying. network, number one. And number two, exactly. why throw away? this White House ever ex- from this network? Ever. No one has ever done that from this network. Let's move on. Knowledge that the media is not the enemy of the people. Uh, sadly, uh, Brooke, I, I think uh, what what you saw happen here at the end of that briefing was uh, the, the true feelings of the president, uh, the true feelings of many of the people who work in this administration laid bare. Uh, they believe, it, it appears in their heart of hearts, uh, that the journalists who cover this White House, journalists, the journalists who work in this city, uh, who were just trying a few moments ago to uh, hold some of these officials accountable. Okay, about, stop uh, right there. So they're journalists. They're trying to hold them accountable. Nobody has ever called for that from this network. Downplaying the entire thing. Butthurt. Little snowflakes. No one has ever done that. Why? Again, playing the victim like like nothing has ever happened. There's no history here. Like there's no history. They've always been amazing, upstanding journalists, and he has unduly attacked them. Can we go to the montage? This is a rudimentary, basic montage of just a very few things that has been said by the media or presented unchallenged from uh, members of Congress or other celebrities. Again, unchallenged. The media shared these stories, did not hold them accountable when they said things, or these are media people saying these things. Listen. There are still generations of people, older people, who were born and bred and marinated in it, in that prejudice and racism, and they just have to die. Person Walker, how do you resist the temptation to run up and wring her neck? Why twenty-five percent right there. That's a short clip of Nicole Wallace saying Nicole Wallace from MSNBC, mm-hmm. not CNN, saying, "How do you resist running up and wringing Sarah Huckabee Sanders' neck?" And she holds her hands up like she's choking somebody. That's her right there. It was said. Fine, not by you at CNN, but here's some other stuff that was on CNN. To die. Person Walker, how do you resist the temptation to run up and wring her neck? And 25% of the country, whether it's 25, 20, 30%, are hardcore racist. They do not want to see brown people coming into America. That's, that's just what's going on here. I mean, of certain individuals and institutions, we will, as per Chief Jim Hopper, punch some people in the face when they seek to destroy the meat and the disenfranchised and the marginalized. And we will do it all with soul. If you vote for Trump, then you, the voter, you, not Donald Trump, are standing at the border like Nazis going, you here, you here. And I think we now have to flip it. And it's a given the evilness of Donald Trump. If you hold down the woman while the rapist is raping her and you didn't rape her, are you a rapist? Tens of millions of people voted for him after he showed his cards for years. But are you, so suggest, have, are you suggesting that they're racist or absolute, they're yes. 
The, yes. the, the, the people who vote, all the people who voted for Donald Trump are racist. Yes. Yeah. If Republicans weren't so racist, they could encourage black people who are morally conservative to be on their yeah. side. Those people who are supporting what he's doing here are racist, period. Yeah. It's the uh, movements and people that are speaking up for things, whether we're talking about civil rights movement, whatever else, those movements should be nonviolent, but they should not be non-confrontational. So these policies that this administration is putting forth are intentionally cruel, they are racist, and it is, a, it is our job as citizens to speak out against that. Now, does that mean that we're going to be violent? No. But does that mean that Sarah Sanders can have a nice, quiet dinner with her family when she's taking our tax dollars to implement this policy, I don't think so. You see what that Anybody is right there too. That was we, Hold on, stop. That that was her saying. Go ahead and get in their face when they're out yeah. at dinner. That's what yeah. that is. It, it may be impossible for these people to be unbiased. Maybe wow. it absolutely is. You know what? Some can get pretty close to it, and with some checks and balances from their their bosses from their media platform, maybe you could do some good. But right now, no. I'm sorry, you people are all lost, and we need a completely different term for what you do and what your job is, because you're certainly biased. The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. The Blaze Radio Network. Punching a total stranger this morning? Punch these numbers into your phone. 888-900-3393. We will. Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. We will, as per Chief Jim Hopper, punch some people in the face. President Walker, how do you resist the temptation to run up and wring her neck? That has never happened on CNN. That we know of. <laughs> you know it happens behind the scenes. It does. These people really feel this <laughs> way, on. and it's not simply that a, I'll say no anchor on CNN has ever called for violence, which I don't know they probably have. But let's assume they haven't. None of them has ever called for violence directly or indirectly. It's not just about that. It's when the person who said punch him on the face is some somebody at one of the award show that was at uh, at the Academies or something okay. like this. One of those triggered little Hollywood types. And they stood up there with their award, uh, hoisted it in the air above their head and said, we'll punch them in their face and all this. It's that they also don't challenge people like that. And it's not enough to follow up and go, whoa, you think they should be punched in the face? (laughs) Because that just gives them more of a platform. That's right. Punch them in the face. A reporter that is unbiased, somebody that's driven by moral convictions of love and not hate and personal freedoms in America would say, whoa, so you're calling for violence. You believe violence is acceptable. Is that right? And if they say yes, then you challenge them. Would it be acceptable here? Are you saying the same thing? Did you say the same thing about Obama when this happened? What about when people that you support have done this and this? That's not a gotcha question. That is trying to see what their boundaries are. But they present those things unchallenged. So either those media types that we just mentioned, even some people on CNN, have said reprehensible, inaccurate things about the president and the administration that they knew were reprehensible or inaccurate, certainly biased, or... They reported things and allowed people a platform to speechify without challenging them. Those are propagandists. 
By the way, Nicole Wallace on MSNBC, you said mm-hmm. that a couple months ago about choking or yeah. how do you keep from wringing Sarah Huckabee Sanders' neck. She uh, walked off or uh, refused to air anything else on her program from Sarah Huckabee Sanders yes. after that exchange with Jim yes. Acosta. She says no more. <laughs> because... I have no idea. But because she was, she was so triggered by it? She was it? so triggered. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was it. She was so triggered by the whole incident that she's like, we're no longer playing anything from Sarah Huckabee. Okay. Isn't she the press secretary? So how are you going to inform your viewers of what she's saying? Well, I think she'll probably do is get one of those uh, people that do the hand for the deaf, the hand signs. Oh. So that's probably what they'll do. They'll just put that up. There. I hope so she you gets the one from New said. Jersey, that guy from New Jersey. Yeah, the one who just... The next to Chris Christie, <laughs> and he was just dancing up in there. Or the I one hope that was she on stage with Obama. Oh, the, the Obama one? I hope she gets that one, too. Uh, she played a uh, clip of, of that exchange with yeah. Jim Acosta. Got all triggered, started fanning herself because yes. she was so hot. She said... Um, Joining us now, uh, New York uh, Chief, she brought somebody in on the show. She said, you know, we're not going to air that anymore. Let's make uh, that uh, the, Sarah, the last Sarah Huckabee Sanders clip ever aired at 4 o'clock. That's when her show starts. She's on the 4 o'clock hour. Unbelievable. That makes no sense. She is the mouthpiece of Trump when it comes to the media and to information. So you're not going to listen to her at all? Wait, she's the, she's is that what you're saying? Because what I, what I understand from that statement is, she, is she's not going to listen to Sarah Huckabee at all? So where are they going to get their fact? And wasn't Acosta Co- yesterday... Coming up after my program, a clip of Sarah Huckabee Saunders, Sanders. <laughs> and wasn't uh, Acosta bitching at that the White House doesn't do any briefings? Uh, excuse me, Chris, what was that? Wasn't Acosta bitching mm-hmm. that the press has i mean the press security has not done any briefings in uh, the president has yes the yeah, president yeah, has, yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. hasn't he done any briefings so now you're gonna say we're not gonna play anything now yes i demand network. that the president have more briefings and stop hiding from us we however will not cover them that's what they're saying yes uh-huh yes of course not on this network but this still network. it's the mainstream media it's one of the alphabet letters mm-hmm. so what the heck? You cannot have it both ways. Oh, is it so Because then I feel like, am I racist? Like, seriously, am I racist? Am I seeing them wrong? Dr. Thompson, you're white. You've been in the media a long time. Am I seeing these wrong? Because I actually feel like I'm missing something this whole conversation. About the race angle? About or? everything. About oh, like them saying yep. that the media is the enemy. About them saying Donald Trump is a horrible person. Like, what am I missing? It is. It, we, we throw this word bias and biased around and, um, you know, um, that they are not uh, true journalists and they're not, uh, you know, reporting. It's a propaganda. And we throw these things around. It's true. But we've said them so much. It's also it's probably gotten kind of um, dumbed down or it's lost its impact or something like this. Let's really dissect for a moment. Play armchair psychologist. What's going on here? These people are simply that bothered right now. They're blinded by their own hatred. Let me back up and say, hatred's probably part of it. But let's, again, painstakingly give them the benefit of the doubt and say they're blinded by their own feelings. And those feelings are feelings of hurt and concern. They see President Trump and his supporters and some of the things going on as being very concerning for them, what they believe in, their values, America. We understand that, right? Okay. And they act on them. 
but they're so bothered, they're so emotional, it has clouded their own judgment between hate and love. So I get and could even excuse away, because I've been there. I've been there with Obama. You're that bothered by this stuff. It's horrible. I get it. You have real concerns and passions, and you take it home with you. Got it. But you've let it influence you. And they're not even willing to, to look at their own hypocrisy over love and hate. They justify all of their wrongs, all of the things that they have supported over the We've got to not hate, no violence. We've got to support love. These are all good things. They've pointed that finger, that's race, all these things. Yet they do those same things and justify it because, well, there are certain things that you've just got to, well, there, but this is different because, no, it's a, well, this isn't hate because, no, it is. Last couple of days, uh, I was talking about how they start from a position of certain things are off limits. And so they can never be truly unbiased. I mentioned that about Zuckerberg and, uh, and Jack from Twitter. How even if Twitter and Facebook were really to try to be unbiased, we're just going to let freedom go, say what you want, they can't do it. Because there are just some things based on their core values, what they believe. For example, certain speeches, hate speech, well, that, that shouldn't be protected by free mm. speech. So when I say free speech and what is acceptable, legally or just morally, what is acceptable, and they say it and we go, great, let everybody speak their mind. They say, that's fine, except there's some things. And I say, well, that was satire. That's joking. Or that person just has that feeling. Yeah, that's hate. So they start already with that bias. Now to them, it's not bias. It's not wrong because it's a core value. So these people... The people we're talking about, the Jim Acostas, those ones who are not able to go out and challenge everything every politician says the same way, regardless of political party or what the issue is, and hold them accountable. Those people are unfit to be journalists or what we have come to know as journalists as unbiased and you're just holding them accountable because their moral compass is off. Their moral compass says free speech. Yes. But you know what Trump's free speech making sure people don't hate safe spaces safe spaces (laughs) they honestly believe this is this is the debate right there if they had that in line with us this would not be an issue we would not have any of this stuff yep i say free speech and freedom trumps all of that every little bit of it what about yes Free speech trumps it to the point that I've said, you want to yell fire in a crowded theater? Okay. Free speech. Because I recognize as soon as you move off it, it's the slippery slope. And I also recognize that when it comes to free speech, you don't have to protect free speech that people want. Chris, tell me I'm wonderful. You're wonderful. We need to protect that speech. (laughs) We need to make sure. I don't want that ever stopped. Okay. You have the right to say those things. You're so wonderful. Yeah. See, hey, nobody stop him. He has the right to free speech. Say something bad. You suck. Oh, whoa. He can't say that. That's hate speech. (laughs) I don't want to hear that. See, that's the difference. They don't get that. But their moral compass, like they they can't even get it through their peanut sized brain. What I'm saying here. As much as I passionately say free speech, they say free speech, yes, but not hate speech. That's, their, that's where they are. So when they head out there to do their little jobs, if I were to head out, I'd say, put it on the air. 
The guy said it, challenge him, report done. It's free speech, let's go. They say the exact same thing, but can you believe he said that hateful <laughs> thing? And because it is such a center of what their moral compass is about this stuff, that's the avenue they head down when they report. If you're a reporter, you're going to head and follow up on certain things the president says. If he makes a couple of statements, you're going to look at those things and you're going to challenge them, whatever they are. All right, you said this, Mr. President, what about that? You said this, what about that? Let me follow up by comparing that to something you said a week ago. And let me challenge you based on your platform here, whoever the president is. That's, it's the same process. These are the same things they all do. It's human nature. We understand you follow up. It's, how, it's very systematic. But the things you're triggered by or you follow up on is like, wait a minute. He said this. What about that? He may say something. Whoop, they just throw, okay, great, wonderful. They do that with Obama. Oh, that's not a problem. We're not going to follow. So we're going, why didn't you ask that? What? This is acceptable to you? And they just let it go. Yep. But with Trump, they follow, they pull certain threads, the ones that they think are in violation of their moral compass. So if Obama would have come out and said, not that he did, but if he would come out and said, I believe in free speech, say anything you want, uh, but we got to limit what white people say. If he had said that, they wouldn't even have challenged it. They'd be like, look at him standing up for free speech. And I'd say, well, wait a minute. Um, free speech is for all people. And my next would have been, and why would you segregate white people? That's racism. So, and you've said this about racism in the past. And why would you? Those would be my two things. They wouldn't even say it because they would say, yes. I, I don't even get what the problem is. He just said something wonderful. Or just, I don't even have to follow up. He's right. So you then believe in free speech. Okay. The reason they wouldn't follow up because they say, Yes, free speech for all people. Well, of course, white people limited because they've been in power and institutionalized racism. We need to give other people a voice. I'm not, I'm not making this up. This is actually their mindset. And I'm not even really criticizing at this moment. I'm just pointing out that's the thought process. Their moral compass says that is right because hate is so much worse. Now, they also are a little off. Boing, their little spring, their little compass is off because... Hate is hate and love is love. It doesn't distinguish between the two. You can't justify some hate because, well, those people have hated in the past and yeah, it's not what it's about. But that's the reason we get here. So when Trump comes out and says, uh, the, the media is the enemy, the, the enemy, the people, how dare you attack us? Well, look at all this stuff you've said. Yeah, but that's because you said hateful things. That's where they're at with it. Yeah, and a perfect example to show that it's actually true what you just said. Did you see the New York Times new hire? Yeah, uh, I touched, I think, a little bit on the news and why it matters yesterday. Uh, the new hire is a girl by the name of Sarah Jung. Mm-hmm. And she is an Asian woman who has worked for The Ver- Verge. Verge. I don't even know what that is, but Verge. So, She's magazine. written a book, mainly tech yes. type stuff. But somehow she, over the years, have weeded into debates on Twitter with people, and people have talented her on her. If you're working for The Verge, I'm guessing that's left-wing, like Vox yes. or something. Yes. Right. On her biases. I don't know the history of them, whatever. Well, as soon as The New York Times said they're going to bring her to their editorial board, not yeah. just a reporter. No. In other words, that shapes more than just one story or one reporter's them, columns. Yeah. Right. So they, uh, they, hire, they say they hire her. They announce it somehow. And people in today's world, court of public opinion, they go back through her Twitter for the last couple of years. 2014, she said all kinds of things about white people. Yeah. Calling them out. Some of them I can 
kind of squint and say, okay, it's satirical because I don't know what, what it was in reference to, but I can tell the way it's written. Some see more triggering, like she really has an issue with men and white people. And just like I've said, when it comes to Les Moonves and Kevin Spacey and Harvey Weinstein and everybody else from Roseanne Barr, who else do we have? Anybody on the right that said things? Uh, Roseanne, that's... Not this. really on the right. I'm trying to think of anyone they've harangued recently on the right. Well, whoever. As we have been consistent. Um, these are things... Oh, a gun. We defend. Yeah. These things are in the past. I'm willing to give people a second chance. And even if they haven't apologized for it, should they lose their job? Should the public demand? Is that really where you want to go to? Because you say, well, I'm not in the media. It doesn't affect me. Great. You work at 7-Eleven. You work down at a factory. Are you a physician? Are you an office manager somewhere? How long before they go through your tweets because of one of your triggered little snowflake uh, coworkers, regardless of their political affiliation, and say to your boss, this is unacceptable and you've got to get fired? And then in general, society says you can't get a job in the future because why were you fired from your last job? Because of this tweet and nothing ever goes away. Is that really where we are? Because that's not what it's supposed to be, and that's not what I want. We have a court system. We don't need a court of public opinion. If you don't like something, fine, don't be around it. So I defended her and said, yeah, that was in the past. I'll give her the benefit of the doubt. A little different when James Gunn, I don't believe he's actually a pedophile. He was offering jokes. Mm -hmm. I do believe, based on her liberal nature, that she really does believe that women get a raw deal and Asians need some special attention and whites have been keeping people down. She offered up some tweets of people that had said some pretty awful things to her then as well. That's in her apology. That's what she said. She says, I had to do that because people said this to me. Do we have those uh, clips? I have what they said to her. Yes, yeah. I have those. Uh, Do you one want me says, to read them? Uh, you sure you can read them. I'm just them. saying I think you know, having an Asian wife, I may get a little more of a pass. Okay. Uh, she said, if I saw, uh, one of the people write to her, writes to her, if I saw you, I would sock you right in your lesbian face. Um, Do we really think the person, now this is horrible. Of course you shouldn't say that. He's kind of threatening her. He's offering violence. Um lesbian i don't know if she is or not whatever do you really think this person how many people really would punch somebody like this i mean seriously seriously how yeah. many you, you people write this stuff <laughs> because they try to make an impact they're yes. trying to be they're trying to get to you and we've become desensitized to what people say online right. i mean regularly people put kill yourself as a response yes so we've got to top that what is it i want to punch you in your lesbian face <laughs> violent right how many Very. people are going to go oh there's your lesbian face Right, you know, nobody's gonna do that. The other one, somebody writes, "Shut the f up, you dog-eating gook." <laughs> what does that mean? She's Asian. Here's the problem with that. Although that's horrible because he's trying to trigger her. Yes. Um, do a lot of Asians has the history of Asia been one where they eat dog and cat and whatever? He yes, you can answer that. Yes, yes that's a do. yes. Although in today's world, you can't say that, even <laughs> though it has been true. Gook. What is that? That is a racial slur for Asian people, some types of Asians in particular. The funny thing is, do you know where that comes from? No. At least partially from the Korean word for Koreans. Oh. They are hanguk. Oh. So if they say to okay. you, uh, I think that means more like Korea and then hanguk sadam. Sadam means person. So okay. I, think, I think you would say, uh, I'm hanguk sadam. Oh, so I'm, I'm a Korean, Korean person. person. Okay. okay. But the funny thing is, you know how they say American? How? Miguk sadam. Miguk sadam. Hanguk Sodom, Miguk Sodom. 
Oh. I only okay. remember that because I get to go Migook. That's me. <laughs> a Migook. Migook, too. So, so it wasn't, but it became a racial slur mm. for people, whatever. So anyways, yeah. Fine, she got hired. My more concern, not with, I'm mainly concerned, not with the fact that she bad, did battle, satirical, said horrible things, racist things about white people. Throw that all out the window. Is that she is truly biased. She truly is. She believes that left-wing crap that women are kept down and minorities and lesbians and everything else. And the New York Times goes, this is the person we need. Would they ever hire me? Let's assume she's similar to me, but on the left. You okay. know, Works in satire, uh, challenges people, mm-hmm. says stuff like that. Triggering. Could I have ever said anything like they've said that she said about white people? Uh, I don't know. Could I make jokes about slanty-eyed and mm. yellow and whatever else? Nope. No. Couldn't do that. No. Would the New York Times hire me if my resume was similar <laughs> or whatever? <laughs> of course not. No. And there's the real problem because the New York Times does not put that as part of their advertising campaign. If they put New York Times, we lean to the left. The progressive <laughs> New York Times, I'd say, fine. Yep. Put it out there. Let it fly. Until then, you're a propagandist. The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. The Blaze Radio Network. Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson, 888-900-3393. I get those tweets in with the hashtag, what I learned today. We got Jacko Angry Beaver saying, journalist? Did they look at the definition before claiming they were journalists? Right. The only thing, and Chris and I have tried to understand why this happens. We we all feel crazy, and I'm sure people on the left feel crazy. It's like, what am I missing here? Yes. What is going on? Right. Um... We think differently, but the good news is I don't think it's like 90% different. I don't. There's just a couple of pieces like that. One of them is that hate versus free speech. They're so triggered by their sensitivities over what they believe is hate that you can't even joke. That's what got us to political correctness. They're so personally hurt by it. Now, a lot of that goes back, again, amateur psychologist or psychiatrist, to them being the last one picked and they always felt different because they were the brown person or the yellow person or fat person or whatever it is mm. and they've never gotten over it. That's on them. Yeah. But the fact is they're all out there and influencing our society. Yep. Hail um, HollyButt96 saying they believe the POTUS when they say the press is the enemy, the enemy but they don't believe him any other time. Really? <laughs> Think about that. They believe when press is a, the press is the enemy of the people. What? How dare you? Job is a 4% GDP growth. That's all fake because the way you measure job, <laughs> job numbers, that's not it. Fake news. <laughs> that is so true. Right. DMXDM saying, Dan Rather's tweets? Right. He's so old. <laughs> Rudy phones are too newfangled for him. Dan Rather's tweets are... <laughs> He's outside trying to catch the bird. He's a bird listener. What like, Damn, I'm trying to tweet. What do they call that? Birding? He's out in the woods. That's really his tweets. That, trust me, that's somebody on behalf. That's a uh, Russian bot out yeah. there. Dan Rather's tweets. Uh, yeah, I can't even listen to this stuff at some times. I know it's triggering. If you can't listen to it, then you definitely want to avoid WaxRx. Can I have your wax? 
But you're as right, you, just plug you, it right in there, shove it in there. As you're taking it out, can I just plug it right back in online? The WaxRx system is waiting for you at usewaxrx.com. Three-step system to help you clean out your ears and be healthier and be able to hear. You know you got to get that stuff out of your ear. Uh, but most of us do what we're not supposed to do. We stick something in there and you know that's damaging and impact. They're just packing the stuff back in. The WaxRs system works great and it's inexpensive. You can use it over and over again. And even when you run out of the eardrops, the first step of the three, you can just get a replacement on those. The second step is the pump that flushes it all out mm-hmm. and then the pH balance rinse leaves your ears soft and supple. Go to usewaxrx.com. Usewaxrx.com. Don't forget the promo code radio to get it shipped to your door absolutely free. It's usewaxrx.com. Guess leave a Coke please saying apparently CNN misses the good old days of last February when they could find a crowd in Florida that was on their side. <laughs> Remember that? Wow, the good old days of last February. <laughs> and not a real doctor saying, I've never seen two people more self-involved and self-absorbed than Brooke and Acosta, but I rarely watch CNN. Right, exactly. CNN is bizarre is now. On? They are, I don't know why, that has to be calculated from somebody at the top. They've really gone so? crazy. Yeah. The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. Part of Generation Blaze. On the Blaze Radio Network. people learning stuff it's been a good show it's, it's, it's been a wonderful show and i'm saying you know what i'm with kool-aid uh kool-aid with a c saying you know doc is going to defend this woman hashtag yellow fever i knew it too <clears throat> he's so biased what are you what are you saying that you are just gonna give a pass to sarah young because she's young because i like dog no because you like the yellow woman i like the what the yellow woman yeah but i saw her picture she's not that hot She's not that hot. Seems okay. That's like Brooke saying, not in this network. Okay, she's not hot. She's meh. She's mm. meh. Meh. Mm. I mean, I've seen like one picture and she may have been like, I don't know, a five to a six somewhere. Meh. <laughs> meh. Jacko James saying so many words, dog, blah, 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 blah. We don't watch CNN. We don't care about their soap opera drama over hurt feelings. But this is it, this is this is where we this are. Is, this isn't yes. just CNN. No. This is everywhere. This yes. is America. This is Americana 2008. Wow. This is the summer of 2008. That you know what they're calling this now? What are they calling the summer this? of hate? Oh, that is so original. Of course, they also of called last year the summer yes, of hate as well. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's so original. And if you look, at, we had disagreements this heated. Sometimes as bad, maybe even worse. Some ways during the Obama administration. But now it's all because of Trump. Uh, USMC21 saying Sarah Huckabee Sanders is a great press press secretary who stands by her boss bravely. If she leaves the White House, it will be a sad day. Okay. Glad people support her. That's fine. I have a difference of opinion. And I am truly admitting my bias that I find her father truly reprehensible. Hmm. 
on the level of Obama reprehensible. Uh, I, I know people are like, what? Yeah, on that oh, level. Yeah. Of all of like the Republicans who have run for president in the last Here couple of cycles, I don't even know how many that would be, 20, 40, somewhere in there, okay. add them all up. Mike Huckabee, of all the people that ran on the, on the Republican side, is absolutely, without question, the single worst. He is absolutely reprehensible on the level of Obama, and I'll tell you why. Because Mike Huckabee is, when you, when you know his history, when you go in and look at his history as governor and what he did and what he supported, it is 180 from everything you support, even the whole Jesus-y thing. <clears throat> no, I'm serious. When you go, what makes a Republican platform? Why are you a conservative? They're supposed to be conservatives, right? You want less government, less taxes, more freedom, free markets, all of these. Everything Mike did, raise taxes over and over again, control the people, put in uh, support things like uh, bans on uh, 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 salt and trans fats and all of this stuff over and over. He called the more conservative Republicans in Arkansas when he was governor. Mm -hmm. He called them Shiite Republicans. What does that mean? Terrorists. Terrorist oh, Republicans. Shi- oh, yes, yes, yes the, yes. the conservative end of the Republicans in the state of Arkansas. Wow. He called Shiite Republicans. Oh, they have not forgotten that. He is not supported by the conservatives. So everyone thinks he's the uber conservative. And then when it comes to that one thing where you're like, well, Doc, I'm a Christian. And he's the one that's Christian because he was a minister, too, and whatever. Mike Huckabee is in it for Mike Huckabee. <laughs> Mike Huckabee has used his, this is what makes him more reprehensible than Obama. At least Obama told you who he was. Mm. And I don't support his platform at all. Mike Huckabee uses his faith. He's using Jesus. He's using Christianity. He's using his faith. He's using the church. And he's using your support and love of Christ to get elected and make himself wealthy. He sold his email distribution list that he built up over the years from people who supported him because they think he loves Jesus to sell snake oil. He is reprehensible. Wow. So his daughter, not going to start off really being very fond of her. <laughs> so she's like a negative 12. Oh, and, why, and why is she with Trump? Made a deal. Uh, did Donald Trump go, all right, I want you to find, I want you to vet hundreds, maybe thousands of the best people who could be my spokesperson? Yes, it's Sarah Huckabee Sanders. That's the one. Uh, no. <laughs> Do you remember when Mike Huckabee didn't show up at the uh, the one event yes. and showed up instead at Trump's the, during was, the campaign? It was it the was debate, right? The debate, yes. It was, he was supposed to be at the debate. He did not show up. Right. Showed up at the Trump rally. And remember thing. his uh, all of a sudden 180 support of Trump when yep. he had been as critical as anybody because Trump's background was one of supporting Democrats and abortion and things. And that was good. Good, fine. Okay. Yes. And then all of a sudden was like uh, making bad jokes, uh, doing shtick about how much he loves uh, Trump. He became the Bobo like Chris Christie did. Right. The Bobo. <laughs> and what did we say over and over? Why all of a sudden? I don't know. I respect. And then months down the road, up pops his daughter, please. <laughs> uh, Scruffy Nerf Herder saying, Doc gets hired by the New York Times. I'll actually subscribe to that. Yeah, that'd be pretty good, wouldn't it? I was, man. The satirical if, section? Uh, no, <laughs> if, if I had a certain degree of protection, I don't mean like security protection, but like where I wasn't going to get fired. Oh, okay. Got it, got it, got it. You know, if I was the, I'm happy to be the token libertarian conservative at any place like that. I'm fine with that. As long as I, even dealing with the nuts around in the office or whatever, as long as I have certain protections where I'm not going to get fired yeah, or it's like I did some sort of satire and they're going racist, go visit HR, 
right? I mean, you see what I'm saying? As long as that's not the case, love it. I've been that before. I was in Detroit. The newsroom was completely liberal. When we started, and we started a little conservative radio station and everybody else there was uber liberal, they actually scowled at us as we walked through. They wouldn't say anything but stared and scowled. I'm not kidding you. I'm not exaggerating That's at funny. all. Arms crossed, scowling, wouldn't talk to us. And by the time I left, everybody in the newsroom was like, hey, what's going on? And the, there was a, a, a homosexual man and a Muslim woman. I feel like this is and a joke. those two, I know, a homosexual man and a Muslim woman walk, walk into, into a, a bar. Radio station. <laughs> two Corinthians. No, those two were our closest friends. They loved us. We mm. defended them when they were, uh, quick version or quick story. I may have told this. The Muslim woman, we're leaving one day, uh, Skip and I, leaving the building and we're giving them the business about something. And the gay man was across the room or whatever. And those two are close friends. And she's like, all right, you guys, fine. What are you guys doing? I said something. And she goes, all right. And she referenced butt buddies. <laughs> like us. Like, get yeah. the hell out of here, you butt buddies, or something like that. We leave. All right. See you later. Bye-bye. She calls a couple of hours later. No. I'm really sorry I said that. I shouldn't have, whatever. And what? we're like, what are you talking about? She's like, I just want to apologize. I shouldn't have said it potentially offensive and blah, blah, blah. And we're like, I don't, okay. So we get the full scoop the next day. One of the other progressives in the newsroom heard this and went, oh, and says to her, you can't say that. She goes, why? They go, it's offensive to homosexuals. Now, the gay man wasn't saying this. Wow. Somebody else. And she goes, what do you, t-? she had no idea what the term meant. None. Wow. Zero. And she's like, they're like, hello, but, hello, buddies, hello, homotype set. And they had, like, had to draw her a picture. Had to draw a picture, man. All right, let me show you something on the internet. Pull up <laughs> buttbuddies.com. Whoa! <laughs> That's what it means. So then she's like, well, I'm sure they knew still it was, you know, a joke or whatever. And they're like, you still can't. You must. She apologized to us because of what some of those progressives Idiots. said. It's like watching a sitcom yes. or something. And we're like, first of all. We knew what it meant. And first of all, if you really believe that about us, and even if you've given us crap, we don't care. <laughs> even if we are. Say whatever you want. <laughs> Seriously, you're not, you know us by now. She's like, oh, okay, whatever. She talking to the, the gay man. He's like, I don't care. What the hell are you talking about? But somebody else in there was triggered. That is the world we live in, folks. That's how triggered we are. And if I said to her, would you care if I said this, that, or whatever, slur about muslim well no i mean i know you guys wouldn't uh what's that well i, I know, know you and i would assume that you uh and there's the key there's the linchpin yep you give a passive when you know people or you're yep. more willing to and you know what you should intent matters in this stuff get the tweets in with the hashtag what i learned today if you're trying to make sense of some of this and <clears throat> who donald trump really is because i think we all are a little bit i've had to compartmentalize who he is I've had to say, first of all, there's the Donald Trump from 30 years ago, the billionaire, maybe, playboy, who seems kind of unscrupulous in business at times, and who was in, probably unscrupulous when it came to his dating life, and supported Democrats, and was a vocal supporter of things like abortion. <clears throat> wow, that's not somebody I want as president. With the Donald Trump of modern era who has said very different things and then the Donald Trump as president who has done overwhelmingly good things, 
as far as like what he's actually signed into law and supported in executive orders with the Donald Trump who says things that are so stupid at times, outright ignorant with the Donald Trump that says really triggering things with the Donald Trump that has been the negotiator and actually willing to use diplomacy to talk to some of these really bad regimes. I've had to compartmentalize all those things and say, okay, let's add them up. Let's take them piece by piece here. You have to kind of do that. Well, any insight we can get into his administration is going to help us. Yeah. Know if we want to support him in 2020. I think you could probably get a little more of that insight if you listen to Sean Spicer's new audio book called The Briefing. It's available now at audible.com. Sean Spicer, of course, the first press secretary, was there during the transition in the first seven, eight months. Think about that. How many? Yeah. Was, was Sarah Huckabee Saunders the second? Because <clears throat> Scaramucci was, was communications director. Yes. So, yeah, second, yeah. Wow, she's had a pretty good run. Yeah, she had. Because we've had some other change. You had Hope Hicks. Yes. But she was communications yep. director. Still a lot of turnover. Yes. But uh, but anyways, that first seven months, probably... Even critical. If he, critical. Even if Trump gets reelected, whatever happens, I mean, it's, the transition was so odd and so unlikely to become president. Well, find out more. Understand what it was like, what it was like to be in the White House. Get that first insider account written by any member of his team. This is the first one who has anything. There's been a lot of people that left the administration, but this is the first one. The audiobook is actually narrated by Sean himself, so you hear it in his own words, and it matters. You know, it's not somebody else. It's not somebody reading somebody else's mm-hmm. words. It's He's going to be able to, you know, put the proper inflection. So really, tell that yep. story well. It's the briefing by Sean Spicer. Audiobook form available now at Audible. It's pretty cool because he actually. I've been reading it for a while. I mean, I've been listening to a while, and you can actually see where Spicer tries. You can actually see where he's trying to modernize communications between them and the media. Okay, see. That's the world we're in. That's the reason I keep going back to some of these tweets is a new language. Yeah. Trump is doing something new by challenging these dictators in terms and in ways they they understand. Maybe he's naturally that way himself. Maybe he's crazy. Fine. But that's really what's going on here. And Sean lays some of that out Yeah, he well. lays some of that. He also lays out his work with the RNC, which I didn't know that. And he actually, guess what? He talks about the resignation. When he resigned from press secretary, imagine that. So, because I was thinking, I was like, man, I want to be a fly on the wall when all this happened. You actually could be the fly on the wall because he tells you. And the one really cool thing, he talks about how Scaramucci came about. Yes. Where the president calls him in and goes, (laughs) all right, listen, um, what's your name? Spicy, spicy, spicy. You're the spiciest. You're tremendous. Uh, Sarah Suckabee Handers, tremendous as well. You're both beautiful people inside yeah. and out, but we're getting crushed out there. Yeah. He actually said something. The president said something like, we're getting killed out there we're in the media. We're getting destroyed. Destroyed in we're the media. We're getting destroyed in the media. He goes, Sean, Sean, we're getting destroyed in the media. What can we do? And it was almost like a, a, like a coach. Yes. You know, All right, we're getting killed out there yes. at halftime, right? Yes. We need something else. Bring in the, the ringer. Bring so in. he, Trump, this is nutty, and I hate this, but it's still fascinating. Yes. He basically saw Scaramucci on TV. Yes, he saw on CNN. Remember that whole between Scaramucci and CNN, and those two people got fired, right. and Scaramucci got CNN to apologize? <clears throat> Think about that. And Trump, Trump sees yep, that, and he's said, like, go get him. me him. Come on! Go get me Scaramucci, is what he said. Yes. They bring him in. And then within days, Scaramucci just it's adds to the fire. And by the way, he goes, hello, fire, meet gasoline. <laughs> and he goes, finding something to do. 
Find him something to do. Find something to do, right. <laughs> Think about this, too. So Spicer left shortly after. Scaramucci is only there a couple of weeks. Oh, yeah. Then Spicer goes. Scaramucci had a, a shot at being press secretary, yes, too. Yes, he did. I mean, he, there, he could have been in this administration a long time. So, anyways, find out about it. Uh, it's the briefing by Sean Spicer at audible.com. Get the tweets in as well. The hashtag what I learned today. It's at Doc Thompson Show at Real Chris Cruz. Trump tweeted in response to all of this stuff. The, of course. Uh, the uh, um, Acosta and all this? Yeah, and the fake news. Oh, okay, and got the it. Enemy got of it. the people. Okay. And, and CNN and others keep hanging their hat on. We finally asked Ivanka Trump, and she admitted that. The press is not the enemy of the people. Mm. Okay, she's not the president. And they kept going, even your daughter, even your daughter. Well, I don't know if you know this or not, but you are not your parents and your children are not you. Thank you. You might be very close. You might be uber close and have communication. You may share almost every thought and value. You're not the same person. You may be on 180 from your parents. So I don't know why they keep saying, even his daughter said, it's crazy. So, it's a different person. That's like saying, even Doc said the media is the enemy of the people. Okay? So? That's a little different, though. You worship me, so that's going to be different. It's not like... I like, Hold on. I'm sorry. I worship you? A little, but don't say that on here. I'm sorry. Go ahead and edit that out. People don't need to know his unnatural love for me. Anyways, he tweets out... They asked my daughter, Ivanka, whether or not the media is the enemy of the people. She correctly said no. It is the fake news, in all caps, which is a large percentage of the media. This is the enemy of the people. Now, I believe he's right. Yes. That's a good way to say it. Yes. Uh, I believe that uh, this was only tweeted because we're getting killed out there. Yeah. I wish he would have been more articulate, thought this through early on when he had said this. But he's also a bomb thrower and a trigger. Yes. I believe he really believes that, too. I mean, I think he really thinks that. And it makes sense, Doc. Fake news. If we had any fake news in this building, that is the enemy of the people. Why are you trying to throw fake news when there's already a lot of news out there? Right. So those people that are thinking, yes, you are the enemy of the people. I'm sorry. That's absolutely right. All right. Tweets now with the hashtag what I learned today. Let me get a quick break in and then we'll get to them coming up next on The Morning Blaze. The next generation of talk radio. The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. On the Blaze Radio Network. The most diverse morning show on the radio. Uh, Because HR said we had to. So, it's the Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. In June of 2013, picture it, June 2013, President Obama held a private meeting at the White House with, who do you think I'm going to say? A private meeting. President Obama, a private meeting. Private secret meeting, one that was not made public, that was kept hidden. Probably somebody from like a president or prime minister. There were 24 of them. Oh. With 24 people. Um, Who would he meet privately and secretly with? The Department of Justice. So that's a good guess, too. And you're right, world leader, right? Because yeah. you got to remember the key here is private yeah. and secret. 
where they had where these 24 had direct access to the president provided they would not discuss it later on i don't know representatives the press oh 24 uh and again private why why didn't your mind immediately i said 24 why because the key words were private private and secret and secret yes they had unfettered access, complete one-on-one. Wow. You know, at time, Mr. President, I'm right in front of you. I'm going to ask you a question. Yeah. It's 24 on one, but one-on-one, you know, back and forth yeah. with him, um, asking him questions. And they were not allowed to speak. They were not allowed to report what he said. Do we know who the 24 are? We just know there was no conservative media uh, well, present. <laughs> Shocker. I know. <laughs> These 24 got a, a select private invite to meet with the president. Um, it was listed on the official White House schedule as a staff meeting. Wow. To hide it. The 24 reporters were already in a meeting when Obama arrived. They were. This was a lengthy meeting as well. They were given direct access to him under the condition they, were, they would not report what he said. Why would you ever need that? <clears throat> wow. Their job is to gain information, to gather it. And their beat is the White House, the president. He calls you in. You can ask him a bunch of questions, but you're not allowed to report on it. Crazy. What is, what is their advantage? <laughs> what is the, the purpose of it? Well, there's only one advantage of a reporter, aside from your own ego and love. I'm going to be the president. Cool. Is that he may tell you things that would steer you in a certain direction to do your own investigation. Hey, mm. you can't say I said this. You can't report me. You can't even say these words because they'll know it came back to me. But you'll at least know the truth so you can go about it from a different angle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. You maybe have said that to your friends, right? Don't tell Steve that you heard it from me, but his wife is sleeping with Paul. Mm. He'll Uh-oh. know that I'm the one who told you, whatever. So, Don't Paul, so you find your own way to come up with the evidence. Thinks, right? So there would be an advantage there. Yes. But why would the president not want that shared that it came from him? Mm-hmm. There's a bias in yes. there. There absolutely has to be some sort of bias. And guess what? None of them reported on it. In the weeks prior to that, oh. there were two significant issues that had been consuming the news. Oh, that's too far back, so I can't remember, so don't ask me. One of them, IRS targeting of Tea Party groups. See, that's why I said the Department of Justice. I was like, IRS. The second, the NSA surveillance of citizens. Oh, come on. Those are two gargantuan issues. That's, those are one of the biggest, two of the biggest issues of And the media was asking questions. Yes. Still trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. Yes. And then... He met with them, and what happened in the coming months and years? It disappeared. They all carried water for him. Direct, re- directly related? I don't know, but it certainly seems reasonable belief so. Wow. <clears throat> if you are frustrated by this and you need a little something, a little something, something, I have those days as well, uh, check out EOD Fudge. It's going to be a little treater, going to get you through that day because the stuff is so good. I even told Chef Patrick off the air yesterday, I'm like, listen, you have to go to EOD Fudge and check this stuff out. <clears throat> we should go to Florida. That's where they're at. Their headquarters in Florida. Oh, that would be cool to see their facility. Yeah, it'd be cool for Aaron to see their facility. Why? Why he do you can't say see that? it? That'd be cool. So you're telling me that the blind man? What? Did you just make a blind joke? No, I'm being of serious. Of a client? No, I'm being serious. Think about this. 
think about it. It's funny though. He has not seen it either. Right? How frustrating! <laughs> you can't even be like, "This is great. We've created all this." Can he do just... the blind thing where he touches? Like, oh, this looks pretty. <clears throat> oh, yeah, I like. I this. I think so too. I just I give the guy so much credit for <laughs> oh, yeah, cooking like this. I can't even imagine that. I Have you tried cooking blind? I can't cook regular. I can barely put stuff mm-hmm. together. No, because how are you going to check and see if it's done? You got to you got to feel it. I guess you could smell and he can hear a little bit of it, but. It's got to be very frustrating. So Love cool, Aaron, Aaron Hill and his You're wife, so Michaela. Cool, Such a good stuff. <laughs> yeah. uh, EODFudge.com. And I tell Chef Patrick, I go, you got to check this stuff out. Go to the website. And he's like, tell me about it. So I tell him about the confections. I go, Chef Patrick, you got to understand. It's about the freshness for me. Yes. I can't. It sounds so weird to say because you're talking fresh chocolate, fresh. There is a difference with this. The quality, as soon as you bite in it, you're like, okay, that's the good stuff. Yeah. And it's so cool because for every box that they send over, they send, they send you a little like a little printout of the shell life. So they say, if you don't open this, it's good for 12 days. Right, right. That is so cool. You know the difference between quality beer and mass yes. produced stuff. Yes, yes. Quality whiskey, quality pizza, name anything else. That's the difference here. I don't even know fully what they're doing with the stuff. I don't know what he's, he's sprinkling in, what they're adding to it. But instantly you're like, uh, this is the only candy, the only confection, the only fudge, all the stuff yeah. that I need. It's awesome. I it's eodfudge.com. They've got a great backstory. It's a great family. We give them the business because we love them. eodfudge.com. It's extraordinary delights. eodfudge.com. Use the promo code Blaze, and they're going to give you 10% off your order, too. And that's how they know that you're you know, from our group. You're, you're with us. Tell them, uh, tell them Large Marge sent you. It's one of those. <laughs> <laughs> tell them Doc sent you. You'll get a good seat. You know, give them a little wink and a nod. It's, you're, you're in the club there. You're in the group. You know, it's a little wink and a nod. You're such a, a goofball, dude. Right? You're on the inside. Don't we all want to feel like we idiot. have a... I, like I know somebody on the inside. On the chocolate he business? Can, he can get me good seats. You know, with the, So if they don't use promo Doc, are they going to get like poop chocolate? No, no. The, you're the masses, you know. <laughs> you're just the average folks. It's you so get a little extras. They treat everybody wonderfully. <laughs> But, you know, if you use Blaze, a little extra, a little extra. You're with the, <laughs> it's such a goof. It's, a, it's like a gang symbol. You know, you're flashing the gang symbol there. Maybe that's a bad example. The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson on the Blaze Radio Network. Hi there, it's Doc Thompson. Thanks for listening to The Morning Blaze. When you have some time, there's another show that I think you should check out. It's the Glenn Beck Program. I think you're really going to like it. Look for it now wherever you download your favorite podcasts. And now, Doc Thompson presents The Friday Leftovers. These are the great stories we didn't get to earlier in the week, so we will get to them now. On Okaloosa, a sheriff's deputy saw a woman driving a truck and recognized her as someone he knew ha- that had a suspended license. You said Okaloosa? Yeah, Okaloosa. Is that Florida? Uh, let me let me look this uh, Okaloosa. Yes, that's Florida. Oh, okay. Got that it, is got Florida. It, that it. is, in fact, Florida. He, uh, sheriff's deputy sees her drive and he's like, yep, I know she has a suspended license. Let me just go ahead and pull her over. He pulls her over. He asks for her name. She gives him her name and he knows that's not her name. He said, may I, uh, see some ID. She has no ID. (laughs) 
he uh, said, so that's your name, but you can't prove it. And she said, well, actually, I can. I just don't have a, you know official yeah. you know, photo ID. Yeah. But I do have uh, these pieces of mail. Oh, okay. that are addressed to me. To me, because that my proves name on me. Because yeah. you would never have no. a piece of paper with a name written on it that no. would be somebody else's. I mean, we know you wouldn't do that. No. And he said, "Hi, because <clears throat> um, I think you are so and so, so and so." And she goes, "Oh, it's not. That's not me." <laughs> then he goes, "Because you look a lot like her, and it's the same type of car, and uh, uh, same. I mean." I even recognize your purse. Wow. Because you know, whatever. And she goes, she goes, oh, that's understandable. That's my twin sister. Identical twins. Identical twins. Mm. And she doesn't, uh, she doesn't have the same name as mm. the sister, like last name even, <laughs> any of that stuff. She got married. She said, uh, we do share the same purse, wallet, and vehicle. And we oh, look a lot alike. That is very economical for you. Right, yeah. And uh, well, I don't know if she means the exact same or similar. Oh, okay. Like we share. Okay. Or maybe it's the exact same one she said. Either way, he uh, he was skeptical. Well, no. He was skeptical. What? Yeah, so he did some more investigating and eventually uh, she admitted it's, she's not her. It's her. There's no twin sister? No. She no. killed her off? Her, her sister. She doesn't have a twin, but her sister is dead. Oh. Yeah. And uh, yeah, her license is suspended. She knew it and whatever. And she was arrested. So that is so cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, this brings us to pro criminal tip number 3481. If you claim to have a twin, make sure you have a twin. <laughs> or at least fake a photo. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> but you know what? Photo. It, well, you don't have to, though. Why not? Because uh, you don't have to when it comes to voting. <laughs> Think about this. <laughs> what true. she offered him would have been plenty to yes, register it, to vote. Yes, it was. And vote. Not just register. Register and vote. And vote. Well, right. Because you register to vote by going, here's your piece of mail that yes. showed your water bill from whatever. Yes. Sign your name. Come back in a month. And we match your signatures. Good. <laughs> so true. There it is. A 53-year-old man in Australia went to the emergency room with abdominal pain, swelling, and nausea. Mm, it's almost sick. It was, well, so bad that you go to the emergency room? Yeah, you have, like, you're giving up. <clears throat> I want this out of me. I've, I've been through that. Yeah, me too. I had my appendix out. Woo! Suffered through that for a few days, and by the end of the night, you clawing your face off. What are you going to do? He goes to the emergency room, abdominal pain, swelling, and nausea. He explained... That had been building for three days. Wow. He was experiencing pain in his right leg as well. In fact, it was so painful that he was unable to move his right leg for the past 24 hours. Ooh, that's scary. Doctors looked at his leg that was immobile. Yeah. They couldn't detect a pulse in the leg. Oh, no. And it was cold to the touch. So his symptoms... Abdominal pain, swelling, and nausea for days. His leg essentially was dead. Wow. They couldn't, no pulse. It was, it was cold to the touch. They uh, did a history on him, investigated. Uh-huh. It's like house, you know. Yeah. Can't figure this out. He has no history of drug use, no history of vascular disease, no past significant injuries. Oh, wow. And he's 53. He's not, you know, old, old. older, yeah. but a little bit, you know. They discovered uh, the cause of. All of this. 
He just needed to poop. I'm sorry? He just needed to poop. And that can cause all that? A rectal examination and scan of his abdomen revealed that the man was so impacted with fecal matter that it was potentially paralyzing him. It was actually life-threatening. It was so impacted that it was putting pressure (gasps) on the nerves nerves and and, uh, veins and arteries that it had cut off the blood supply to his legs. Makes sense. It his leg was dying. Like any longer with that it leg of blood, it would have gone. It would have been gone. He was wow. immediately taken into emergency surgery <clears throat> to remove the poop. Yes, to remove the backlog, the log jam. They had to relieve that pressure. They removed. Um, I mean, a significant amount. It like, was about uh, two liters. That's a two-liter bottle. Two-liter bottle. It leaked over two liters of material. Uh-huh. He was in the uh, intensive care unit mm-hmm. for four days. Wow. He wasn't able to walk for two weeks. <clears throat> oh, my gosh. Doctors were uh, unsure of the cause of his buildup. But it looks like he's going to be okay now. Good. So I think he needs a little mm-hmm. bit more prune in his diet, a little more beans. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm I'm heading in that direction if I'm yeah. him. I don't know what caused it in the past, but but I'm changing my diet right now. <laughs> sure, I mean it looks like he's going to be okay, and that's okay. wonderful. Yes, yes that's yes, fantastic. Yes, yes, yes. But he's got to move and quit his job. Why? May have to change his name. Why? You can't be the guy that had so much poop in you that you couldn't walk. That you almost died from having too much... Really, Chris, you're going to be that guy around the office forever? <laughs> Is that the guy everybody keeps saying, he's so full of crap? Right. Oh, exactly. All of those jokes, right. You are going to be so tired of those jokes. You're going to be like, yeah, yeah, I've never heard that before. <laughs> That's enough to make you want to kill you. You know what, Doc? Just leave the poop in there. <laughs> just leave just, it in. Just let it kill my... Just, just I'm let just going to fade away here. There's that, but then forever. So... It's five years from now, 10 years from okay. now, and you're just going about your little office job or whatever, and they hire the new person. Uh, it starts all over again. Okay, let's look at it this way. If you're the person uh, hiring or showing the new person around, okay, and I'm the impacted guy five, 10 years ago, yep. you're going to be like, oh, that's Doc. He does this or whatever. Oh, my God. Gotta, Let me tell you this. Five years ago, 10 years <laughs> ago, this over there. he couldn't walk. He was in the ICU for a week. He couldn't walk for two weeks because of poop. It was two liters. Of course, by then, it's not two liters. No, by then, it's like... It's a gallon. It's a gallon. It's yeah. a gallon. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. They had four gallons. Yep. And you were not there for two weeks. You were there for a month. I was there for a month. That's right. He actually... His heart stopped on the table. The boop, boop, actually, his leg fell off. That had reattached it. Reattached, right. It just keeps going or whatever. And I was impacted four times like that. <laughs> Right, I mean, you gotta change, you gotta you, move. You would think that he will know how to poop. Obviously, he doesn't. He was there four times in a week, matter of just he could not poop. Okay, you're this guy sitting around the office, right? And you just get up to go to the restroom. Oh, every time you get up to go to the restroom, what do you get? Woo! Good job, Steve. And when you come out, Stan. You got fanfare. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh, you are. 
Are you okay, buddy? You good in there? Good to go. Okay. Uh, What? uh, Hey, we're all heading to lunch. You want to come? We're going to the prune house. (laughs) Right? We're going to have some chili. When you go to lunch, right? You're like, I'm going to have the no cheese, Steve. No cheese. You bring him a double salad and a bowl of Wheaties. Right? Large prune prune juice. juice. Do you have prune juice? Okay, yeah. It'll never stop, ever. You know how I know? Because if it was somebody around here, I would not let it go. You would not let it go. I would not let it go. It's funny. Here's that one. He didn't let it go either. He did not let it go. Oh, where's the bell? (laughs) (laughs) He did not let it go. I'll give TV credit for that joke. Can you imagine if this was you and you worked with a-holes like Pat Gray and Stu and Glenn and Jeffy? Uh, yes, they would not say anything. But if I work with a-holes like, I don't know, Doc Thompson and a Chris Cruz, yeah. That is, you know those guys would be all over us. No, they would Oh, are you kidding me? The they jokes? would not be. Oh, of course they no, would. I believe Jeffy. Jeffy? Jeffy, yes. Pat, no. Pat has been unleashed. I don't think you realize no, that. I know There's he's no been unleashed. on him. Yeah, but he would not talk about poop like that. Uh, he wouldn't find a way to give us the business? Maybe. Okay, that's what I'm saying. All right. So, anyways, there's a lesson for you, kids. Always poop? Yes. Everybody poops? They Not everybody. Not everybody. Is he the undundum on the book? He everybody is. poops? Except Steve. <laughs> okay. What are you getting Steve for Christmas? Everybody poops. Everybody's, you're getting him that. Someone's getting him. Po- there's another great gift. <laughs> Toilet tissue. On your contacts, is he the poop emoji? Yes, exactly. Right. That's, that's what it says. Everyone. See, we don't even know him in a tiny. <laughs> Steve, poop emoji. (laughs) Cops pulled up to a suspicious vehicle to find a man asleep in the seat. After several unsuccessful attempts to wake him, the deputy finally managed to rouse him by shining a flashlight in his face and shouting, Sir! 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 Mm. When the deputies uh, finally roused him, the the deputies asked for his identification. The man promptly handed the deputy an empty pack of cigarettes. Not his ID, but cigarettes. an empty pack of cigarettes that did not contain his ID. Yeah, you should people keep their ID in the cigarettes. If but it did contain some oh. marijuana. Oh, buddy. My ID, here you go. Here's who I am. Joe Camel. <laughs> nope, I'm not. You're nope. right. I'm Mary Jane. Mary Jane. <laughs> I thought it was Joe Camel. Turns out I'm Mary Jane. <laughs> the deputy responded, uh, this is not your ID, sir. I need your ID. So the man answered uh, that it's oh it's in the center console. Oh, no. It was not in the center console. But but there was a scale with cannabis on top of it in the console. Oh, this guy's just ratting himself out. Yes, <laughs> it's just rat after rat after. Sorry, rat. it's not in the center console. It's in the trunk with the dead bodies. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's what I'm What is next? The dead body. Sorry, <laughs> it's not in the trunk. It's on my phone with the child porn. <laughs> right. <laughs> I just keep going. <laughs> you know this cop is like all right, what else can I ask him because he's going right. to wreck himself that's out not again. it where is your ID sir can we go back to your house <laughs> sorry it's in the backyard with Jimmy Hoffa's body <laughs> he was charged with possession of a controlled substance oh. and possession of paraphernalia poor guy just after 2pm a man walked into the Valley National Bank on Broadway and approached a teller he passed a note to the teller demanding that she give him, quote, all of the money. As the teller was trying to decipher the note and figure out what was going on, begin to gather the money in the middle of this heist. 
all of the sudden, the bank robber grabbed the note back as the teller was reading it and screamed at her, I want to open an account. What's what's the matter, Chris? Hold on. So he just robbed her. Well, he's in the middle of it. In the middle of it. He did not complete it. And he's like, I want to open an account. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, (laughs) I want to open an account. fail? The man was uh, then met by another bank employee on their customer service platform. And uh, they said, okay, well, we'll let you open an account here. And uh, we're going to need some identification. Did he? He... He was. He had looked for it. He didn't have any on him. Oh, the open account. He then went to another bank employee and uh, was like, "Hey, they're not letting me open an account. I'd really like to open an account mm-hmm. and have proper identification." While that was going on, the tellers called the police. No, the customer service rep escorted him out of the bank and into the police. I know what he was doing. He was just trying to check uh, security before he opened an account. Ah, to see how secure his money is. Do you want to leave your money unsecured? No, of course not. Do you trust any bank? I don't, not fully. He just did the proper procedures of how to make sure that your money's secured. And that, your honor, is my excuse. (laughs) I don't know if it'll work, but let's give it a shot. Just give it a shot. That's as good as anything, Chris. That's what I'm saying. It was a joke, a little levity. That's the reason I grabbed it back. Would I have stood there if I was really robbing it? What have I said? Let's open an account. Would have gone please. to a third employee and asked Thank them. You. Hey, no. They all see me, identify me. Your honor. I know we live in this hypersensitive, critical world, of political correctness. Why can't we just laugh more? I'm just trying to bring a look. Is any of this working? <laughs> you, you, your eyes flash over to the jury. You know, they're buying this stuff. I think they might be. One of them is. And then you turn to them. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, don't we need to laugh more? I think I think it's working. <laughs> you got to have like like a little hand Swag. buzzer with you then. And then you're like, hey, how are you? See, mm-hmm. it's right there. Even in I'm a court, joker. Can't we? You want to smell I'm my jokester? You want to smell my flower here? <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, you want some soda? A 12-year-old Canadian boy called 911 to report an emergency. Good. He called 911 twice Whoa. to report his parents were making him eat salad. <clears throat> I love this kid. I love him. I don't condone calling 911 for to report a salad. Salad, but I understand I completely it. Completely understanding. At 12 year, a Canadian kid. <sighs> I think this kid's an American at heart. Yes, he is. This kid is not Canadian. He's watching America shows. I call on President Trump to offer this kid honorary American citizenship. And I say we go. We, the, that's somebody I want to call my fellow American. Actually, you know what? I'm going to go. I, that's the person I want representing me in Congress. Right. This is what I'm saying. This is a kid. We get all these people coming in, these little, hey, I'm a vegan and I want to be an American. No, no. stop. That's Nay. not American values. This kid called for a salad. Yes. I mean, at 12, he's just like, get your ass over here. A Royal Canadian Mounted Police officer said the first call came in around 10 p.m. The boy complained about the salad. As they were on their way over to figure out what was going on, they hadn't even gotten there yet when the second call came in. You better hurry up. And asked the police, hey, are you coming? They're still trying to force this salad on me. Eh? (laughs) Right? Eh. Cops talked with the boy about what qualifies as an appropriate 911 call. They didn't say what kind of salad. 
<laughs> was that a Cobb salad? Was well, yeah, I mean, salad? You go, I mean, if it's just lettuce, you go, no. But I mean, if it's a Caesar salad mm. with grilled chicken I'm in. and a lot of it mm. and maybe some good garlic bread with it, yeah, and that's, that's a pretty good that cheddar right on top. Just like, that's legit, mm. right? So that's okay. But yeah, he called twice. He, and impatient. They're making me eat this leafy green stuff. Your job is to protect and serve. And then a second call. Why aren't you here yet? Yeah. Because if they're feeding me the walnut cranberry salad, I'm yelling. I don't want fruits on my salad. I want walnuts on my salad. You don't want that. No. This kid, a future American. And by the way, I'm sorry. I cannot take you seriously when you say the Royal Canadian came. The Royal Canadian Mounted Police. How can you take them? Do they come with their buggies and their horses too? Uh, Some of them. (laughs) The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. The Blaze Radio Network. Offensive if it's true, right? This is the Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. The summer's must-see thriller is Spymaster from Brad Thor, doing very well right now. Yeah, Brad Thor, the number one bestseller, New York Times best-selling author, has a new book called Spymaster, a remote village, a remote cabin set in a village in Norway. A rumor and an American intelligence operative charged with stopping the next world war before it begins. Counterterrorism expert Scott Harvath's mission is one of the deadliest he has ever undertaken. Spymaster, the Washington Post describes as um, Russia, as a reborn Cold War evil empire, hell-bent on reconquering its former territory. The real book spy says... Spymaster is filled with enough action for two books and is the most gripping novel of Brad Thor's iconic career. Wow. Yeah, this looks awesome, and it is so timely. You're going to love it. And I know this is silly. You don't read a book for the cover. In fact, there's actually a cliche about that. You don't judge one about it. But I love the picture on it. And I think because it's cool anyways, but it sets exactly the tone of the book you want. Unlike very few. It is so Russia. It is so Cold War. It's perfect. It's called Spymaster. Look for it everywhere that books are sold. Again, it's Spymaster from Brad Thor. You're going to love it. The PPAC Gladstone Bank in Bedminster, New Jersey was robbed. Oh, no. The perp entered the bank and demanded money from the teller before fleeing on foot with some of the money. Witnesses told police they saw 32-year-old Jeffrey Wolfman. I think it was a Wolfman. Was it a Wolfman? 32-year-old Jeffrey Wolfman on a nearby street. Oh. So he runs out of the bank with the money. Witnesses are like, he went that way. And there he is. And they're like, there he is. We saw him removing an outer layer of clothing, probably stripping off part of your your disguise there. And he's Wolfman. Yes. And while stripping off the clothing, they saw money falling to the ground. Dropping. No. Just he's shedding it and the money's coming out, falling all over. Reverse stripper. (laughs) When police approached the Wolfman and started questioning... He, uh, hey, what, what is money, more money dropping out of his clothes. <laughs> they arrested him. He was charged with second degree uh, robbery. He was just doing that reverse stripper. I'm sorry, Your Honor. I don't know what you're talking about. The money falls out. <laughs> when I was in high school. I had a, uh, a buddy who got pulled over by the police and he had this ratty old car. It was horrible shape. 
<clears throat> the cop does the, do you really think this car is safe for <laughs> road travel? You know, that like the John Candy and planes, yeah. trains, and automobiles. And while he's defending the car, the rear view mirror drops. <laughs> it just came loose. The glue was at that moment, just boom, fell off. And the cop was like, get the hell out of here. <laughs> That's funny, though. Yeah, you got to Good for you. You get the joke. A Springfield cop had been searching for a vehicle when he pulled into a parking lot. Mm. He got an account of a vehicle that they need to be on the lookout for. He's Boom. patrolling some parking lots. He's searching for it, pulls into a parking lot. And while doing this, he recognizes a prior felon by the name of Brock Williams. Oh, Brock. And uh, he started a record search. <clears throat> oh, Goes up no. to Brock. Hey, what's going on? Starts a record search. Is anything going on? And while they're waiting for the records to, to come, come back, back. So it takes a couple minutes yeah. there. Williams hops on his motorcycle oh. and takes off. No. Likely because he was wanted on an outstanding warrant. <laughs> yes. So next felon yes. wanted on an outstanding warrant. Yes. Takes off and the cop pulls him over. Ugh. Cops uh, start following him and he was pretty easy to track. Because? Because of his vanity license plates. That said. Ex-felon. <laughs> Ex-felon. <laughs> that was like ass man. <laughs> the letter X felon that's a good vanity plate no it's a horrible one see here's the thing you don't want to draw attention to yourself are you sure you're gonna be a little more suspicious there how about this how about cops uh, pull up they see you and you're like i wonder if that guy might be doing something wrong or now he went up oh, x felon yeah we're gonna go over and he was charged with unauthorized use of a motor vehicle reckless driving no Possession of methamphetamine. No. And a parole violation. He is going back to jail. Tell us what you've learned today. The hashtag we're looking for is what I learned today. Hashtag what I learned today. And please follow at Doc Thompson Show and at Real Chris Cruz. This is the Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson on the Blaze Radio Network. of common sense and comedy. This is The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson. I feel like we haven't gotten to enough uh, tweets today. So we're going to get to a bunch right now. It's at Doc Thompson Show at Real Chris Cruz. We've, first part of the show, we had so much to go through with audio and that. So we'll get to them now, though. Uh, let's see here. We got uh, I Love Doc's Tiny Sacks. Say, choose your vanity plates from the DMV wisely. And uh, he tweeted another one that said X felon as well. I think that's what it says. Yeah, that's what. Yeah. Uh, get the tweets in. Um, Polish American. You programmed no, me. I almost said Polish. It's Polish American. I talked to this person. It's Polish. Polish. Polish those Americans right up. <laughs> I bet the guy with the X felon license plate made it himself. He'll have to make the new one that drops the X. <laughs> Brilliant. That is good. That is retweet worthy as well. Yes, awesome that is stuff. really good. 
Uh, the redneck doctor, fiber, for the love of God, fiber. <laughs> Seriously, if you're that guy, think about that. You couldn't walk for two weeks because of it. Uh, we kind of know, though. Didn't he know what the problem was? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, he did. He did 100%. Uh, Nick in Detroit saying, can you yell Wolfman in a crowded bank? Nancy Pelosi needs to know. Oh, that's a good question. Maybe. Well, I guess it depends on your stance of the First Amendment. <laughs> I believe it's absolute, so yes. Uh, uh, not a real doctor saying Wolfman's got nards. Nards. <laughs> TJ Toppin, if you're currently committing a felony and your ex-felon vanity plate, uh, your ex-felon... Hmm, let me try this again. Sorry, TJ Toppin. I'm really embarrassed. To, can yes, you edit this? I will edit that. Three, I don't two, want anyone to hear it. So just cut it out. Yes, okay, just take it out. Okay, good. Here we go. Three, two, one. TJ Toppins, if you are currently committing a felony and your ex-felon license plate is both... Damn it, I did it again. See? Just, not that easy, <laughs> is it? Not keep, that easy. I keep trying to do it in my words. I know what he's going to Edit that out, though. Can I, I will you? edit that out. I don't want, and I certainly don't want Glenn or anybody. Nobody's going to hear this. Okay. Trust me. Three, two, one. DJ Toppins, if you are currently committing a felony, your ex-felon vanity plate is both wrong and a snitch. <laughs> <clears throat> I got it right. Okay. Good. Good deal. Uh, the Nerf... With a Mojo 5-1 saying, just saying he would have need to complain about salad if he just had Field of Greens. Field of Greens, thank you. Available at uh, BrickHouseDoc.com. BrickHouseDoc.com. Yep. Uh, get a sleeve of Coke, please, saying Canadian 12-year-old who won't eat salads grows up to be a 53-year-old who's full of crap. Oh, that could be. But you know what? An American who's full of crap. <laughs> That's, not the not those, not all Americans. Exactly, exactly. Not those <laughs> lettuce eaters up north. Eh? Exactly. Eh? Eating that stuff that grows on the <laughs> ground, leafy green. What is that? Uh, let's see here. Pat Gray unleashed. Unlike that man's bowels. Huh? Uh, the uh, the nerd with a mojo five one. Mm-hmm. Pat Gray unleashed. Unlike that man's bowels. Oh, yes. That yes. Gray has been unleashed. That man yes. had not. Oh, Doc Thompson, is this true? David liked the king saying, Doc Thompson is now stealing jokes from James Gunn. What were you talking about? <sighs> was it a pedophilia thing? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you did say that. It really wasn't, or was the blind one? Either or, pick one. <sighs> I'm going the blind one because the pedophilia one wasn't really a joke. Okay. Because it was kind of a joke. It was a joke. It was a joke, but it wasn't about pedophilia. Mm. It was about somebody like hiding there. Mm. And I'm going to give this one to... Because uh, James Gunn's was like cracking wise about pedophilia. Yeah, like well, the shower pressure. was kind of in that vein. Yeah. Was it? Yeah, it was. Joking about the that this guy would have been busted for it and was hiding it, but we talked about other things. Yeah. Maybe. Wow. Well, I can only imagine that James Gunn and uh, Sarah Jung... Jong Jeng will uh, will come out and defend me today, so that's good. <laughs> on their show, they're like, and spend a moment and talk about Doc's uns- insensitive blind and uh, also pedophilia joke and all the racist comments as well. Very challenging day. Hey, speaking of racist comments, we shared uh, a comment from that Sarah Jong. Is it? Is that right? Take it right. Sarah Young. <clears throat> yeah, I think it's you. I think you pronounced the J. That's what I said, Young. No, Jung with a hard J. 
Not oh, a hard J. I think it is, yeah. Young. It's a hard J. It's not. Yeah. She's she's Asian, not Hispanic. Uh, it's coming from my mouth. So anything that comes from my mouth will be Hispanic. Hey, get Mordecai in here. Mordecai. <coughs> uh, do we have the audio yet? We do, but mm-hmm. we cannot play it. Why not? Because I just got told not to play that. Okay. Yeah. Oh, is that why? Yeah. It doesn't have that in it. No, but it's that word. It's like that word, so I cannot play it. Okay. Well, I'm going to say it, so it doesn't I know. That's what I said. That's what I told them. I was like, you're going to say it. Yeah, whatever. Um, There was a reporter a few years ago in Cleveland. The reason I'm bringing up this, Sarah Jung, this reporter a few years ago in Cleveland used a term on the air that ended up getting her a suspension. Yeah, Christy Capel. And and I remember, uh, I I wasn't familiar with her again. I'm from Cleveland, so I know some of the reporters and anchors or whatever. I knew her co-host, Wayne Dawson. He's been there for a long time. Does a great job. Oh, that's the guy that's in there. Yeah, that's her co-host. Okay, got it, Wayne happens to be black. Yes. She is a younger white. Wayne is probably, Mm -hmm. at this point, 50 to 60. Okay. And she's probably in her 30s or something. This is probably four years ago. She used a term on the air Mm -hmm. that she said she didn't know. Okay. And... We debated it at the time on the air, even played the clip back in the day on this network, and the term is jigaboo. Mm. They were talking about Lady Gaga winning some award or yeah. at, at the Super mm-hmm. Bowl or something, and they were just discussing back and forth, and she, Wayne says to her, hey, um, yeah, it's good stuff. She's like, yeah, it's great. You know, I'm, He said, do you like Lady Gaga or something like that? She goes, I'm just not... You know, kind of into that uh, jigaboo type music, whatever, blah, blah. And, and look on Wayne's face. was like, whoa, okay. All right. <laughs> Uncomfortable laugh. Let's move on. And you could tell by the way she said it. It's like, well, Lady Gaga's white and it's not really, it's not yeah. hip hop she does. No. It's not that. So what did she mean? Well, that is a term for, a derogatory term for black people. Mm. <clears throat> I didn't know that. And Same. we did this little quick impromptu around the staff or on the air anybody over the age of 35 40 absolute new knew it was a racist term anybody in their mid-30s it was kind of hit and miss eh, i did or i didn't mm. anybody under the age of 30 had no concept that it was a racist term mm. did you know that was a had you ever heard that term uh, first of all i think i've heard it once okay. or twice did you know what it was no chris cruz did you know what no. it was and i don't guys- even think when i heard it it was even used <coughs> in that way how old are you, Mordecai? I'm 24. Chris 28. Uh, Neil, how old are you? 35, sir. Neil, spinning the dials radio style for us. Uh, and did you know the term? I did, yes, sir. Uh, so that's, and I'm over 35. Really? <laughs> and really? I know the term. You are over 35? <laughs> I could not tell. So, wow. Barely, barely, barely. Just over. It's See, relative. Thank like you for saying that because I was like, is he 35 or is he barely, barely 35? Barely over 35, okay, that's okay, right. Okay. Um, but I bring that up, this story up because this Sarah Jong that got hired by the New York Times. Yes. Who when, said some pretty awful things about white folks or whatever. Yes. And we you know, gave her the, uh, held her in the same uh, light as James Gunn yes. and all these other people. Said she shouldn't be fired. She shouldn't have done battle. But let's stop trying people in the media and getting fired. Yes. She offered up some things that people had said to her. To her, and one of the things they somebody called her a dog eating gook. G O O K. Yes. 
And as I was explaining the history of that word and where like it came from, Mordecai's looking at me like, whatever. Had you ever heard that term? I've never heard that term. You've never heard it at all, let alone at know all. what it was. And never as I'm explaining it, it's a, were you like, really? That's a... Yeah, no, I, I thought it was something totally different. <clears throat> Chris Cruz, had you ever heard that term? Nope. I thought she missed, I thought the person was a typo. I thought they meant goop. Like you didn't... Like, I thought it goop? was something like that. Yeah, Just I thought like, it was goop. Like, this is like incredible. a very disgusting person. Neil, 35, spin of the dials, radio style force in Dallas, Texas morning. Had you heard the term gook? Oh, yeah. I know all those racist terms. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so my point in this is, I think we have gotten beyond a lot of these terms. They constantly tell us how racist people still are and institutionalized racism. We have been so sensitive to this stuff that we have eradicated those things from our language. Hmm. Right? We've all just said... We're going to not use them, and we've moved on. But you know the N-word. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. How can yep. you not? How do you still know that word if you didn't know? You never even heard the word gook. How do you not? It's everywhere. We were told not to say that word because yeah. it's the guard, whatever that thing is towards black people. It's derogatory. Yeah. Um, but these other words are derogatory. Not on, Not on the... Not on my thing. (laughs) They're not (laughs) promoted. Yeah. Yeah. Why? We have, like I've said, sensitized people to the word, the N-word, so much that it's constantly out there. And we've debated it. And isn't it time we have a conversation about? Yeah. How many conversations have we had? Or have you heard people call for conversations about using the N-word? And people come out and say, I'm telling you we shouldn't use that word. should never be used. But it's okay for... And all of this crap, instead of just saying, let people move on. Now, there are other racist terms you probably know, like uh, 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 derogatory terms like that that people throw around. Uh, Mordecai, who happens to be Hispanic. No, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you are what is what type of Hispanic? Where are your relatives' family from? Um, Mexico, from Mexico. Yeah, both parents. Um, yeah, my okay. my dad was born here, but his parents were from Mexico. Okay, and your mom as well. Yeah. Okay, so you are Hispanic. You are of Mexican descent. Have you ever heard the term bean or beaner? Yeah. <laughs> okay, you've heard that. Yeah. Okay. And are you powerfully bothered by this? Triggered by this? Is this offensive? Oh, you don't see him right now. No. He's freaking in the fetal position on the floor. <laughs> He's right crying. I'm crying. <laughs> you can't hear it. I asked this. It was a loaded question. I knew the answer because uh-huh. Mordecai has told us in the past. He's my friends use this word all the time. Yeah. Yeah, we use it to each other all the time. Yeah. Are they Hispanic? Um, <coughs> some. Well, yeah, because well, I don't think I would call a white person a beaner, but <laughs> yeah. They're white Hispanic. It, Let's put it yeah. that way. <laughs> they're white they, Hispanic. They've been around us uh, yes. long enough that they're... they're yeah, the non-white Hispanic yeah. instead of white Hispanic. Yeah. Uh, a friend of mine, uh, Phil Cisneros from Albuquerque, New Mexico. Um, I worked on the air with him. And in fact, I hired him to host a show there. Phil had been on the air there for years. And granted, this goes back to like the 70s when he was on the air there. He was known on the air as The Bean. Oh, that's a good that's call That's a good sign. name, though. Yeah, that's a good name. I feel I, I would like that name. Yeah. I partnered him with the guy there in town named Phil Jackson. It was Phil Jackson and the Bean. Wow. That's, that's a, a strong show. name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a, really a good, good name. Yeah, I like that. They even had a little general. Phil Jackson and the Bean. Phil Jackson and the Bean. <laughs> Is this like still that. on? Huh? Is this still on? No, 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 oh, okay. no. Of course not. Um, that, that ended horribly for all of us, but <laughs> <laughs> not because of the name. But this was standard. And Phil was one of just 
just an amazingly nice man, just such a good human being. And we were close and it was not an issue. He was not triggered. Phil was a little older, accepted Mm, some of this stuff. Well, it's good that we have drawn attention to some of this stuff and said, let's stop. Let's stop being a-holes to one another. Yeah. Let's also give people a pass when they do say something. If you're bothered, tell them. And maybe you're not bothered by things anymore because we all are something. It's not like to, to say that certain words that are derogatory because cracker and honky and all of these things are perfectly acceptable. Yes. Mm-hmm. But to say any of these others aren't is to continue the myth that some people had back in the day that white was the standard. Mm. Chris and I have joked on the air about dating and all this mm-hmm. stuff. But what that means, <clears throat> don't say beaner, don't say this, you say this, is to say that, well, white is the gold standard. That's the, that's, that's the cool crowd. That's the upper crust. That's, the, that's not true. No. It's not. No. Everybody is something. Everybody is good. Everybody is bad. Everybody has ups. Everybody has downs. Mm-hmm. But think about all these terms that have managed to fade away that we don't even use, that some people use and... And new. I'm sure there's older terms I didn't know. I started looking up uh, lists of terms, derogatory or okay. racist terms. <clears throat> well, I guess they derogatory because some would be anti against uh, religion and whatever. Yeah. Um, have you ever heard the term? Uh, I guess it's AB, AB, Abe, different spellings, ABBI, ABE. I heard an Abe from Abraham Lincoln. <clears throat> That's about it. Um, they mean it is in Abraham, so it's a derogatory term for Jews. You've heard Heb, mm. probably same thing for Hebrew, but it can be derogatory. You ever, I've never, I've never heard, heard, heard of Heb. Um, I've heard of Heb once, I think. ABC as a derogatory term? Yeah, ABC. Remember, I hate those fake news. Uh, no, American-born Chinese. These are things, not <laughs> <What>? just terms. <laughs> That's just lazy. That, yeah. <laughs> Come on. It's not even clever. No. Not even fun. No. Um... The, again, these are terms, but not just terms, um, but terms that were used derogatory. We're used towards, yes. Because I bet ABC at one point maybe have been an official designation. Oh, okay. You okay. know, something like that. Um, Abid. I guess that's something against Muslims. Middle yeah. Eastern, yeah. yeah. Uh, Abu, ABO. Same. Is that for Indian? Like Apu? Abu. <laughs> uh, Australian Aboriginal. Like an Aborigine? Oh. Uh, I was thinking more like Apu. Yeah, I was thinking about Apu. I was more yeah. thinking like, Simpsons. thank you, come again. That's what I was thinking. Um, Alibaba, you probably heard. Yeah, I, I alligator. Heard You're an alligator. Yeah, the animal. I'm assuming someone from Florida. I had never heard this until about three months ago when something came up, and it was something like this we were talking about. It, it was alligator or gator bait. Alligator bait or alligator bait. Chicken? A black person. Commonly used back down where states were where they would threaten to feed them to alligators. Again, that's not clever. Yeah. Yeah. How about Ann? A A N D? A N N. Ann. A N N. I don't know. A name? A white woman to a black person. You're acting like a white woman. You're an Ann. Is it not a snow bunny now? There's uh, that as well. Yeah. yeah. I mean, well, there's a bunch of them. Yeah. Is, is snow bunny thrown around a lot? Yeah. Is that. Um, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Snow bunny, like. Yes. Isn't there... I feel like there's another uh, woman's name that they use. I'm trying to think. Oh, like, uh, uh, Becky? Becky. That's yeah. the one. Becky. Beyonce made that like... Is that? Is it from that or is it from popular. Baby Got Back? Oh, my God, Becky. 
Uh, it might have started there, but I know Hold Beyonce's uh, Lemonade album. Becky's a thing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was just that. You just mind blow me Becky with, that with song. the good hair. What? <laughs> what is this? What is? What'd you say? Uh, Becky with the good hair. That, oh, yeah. That's yes. a line Beyonce uses. Yes. That's, yeah, I've heard Beyonce say. So, I they, so they'll refer to white girls as, yeah. How about Apple? An apple. Um, or a banana. I've heard of them. Those are two different, but they're both fruits and they're no. both similar. No. Um, an apple is what color on the outside? Red. Red. What color on the inside? So, no. like Native American? It's a Native American who is actually, uh, wait, is red on the outside, What used primarily by other American indica- Indians to indicate someone who has lost touch with their cultural identity. Mm. Mm. Man, that, <laughs> is, okay. that is some like. And so a banana would be. All the Asian tur- people. <laughs> yeah. Same thing. They've lost touch with their identity. Okay. Aunt Sally. I've heard that. I don't know what it means, um, but I heard that. Isn't that a... I didn't know this. I've I would have that. thought like an Aunt, an aunt Nancy, mm-hmm. which is a term uh, that you would taught, say of a gay, gay man. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Like you're a Nancy yeah, or an okay. Aunt Nancy. Aunt Sally is a black woman mm-hmm. who kisses up to white, so yep. it's the female version With of an Tom. Uncle Tom. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. All yeah. of these have fallen on the wayside. Mm-hmm. You've never heard them? No, Some never, I have. I've never, never heard, heard any of those. Okay. Um, I want to I touch on some more of these, see if you guys have, uh, know these and if any of these have fallen on the wayside, because I think a lot of these have. I uh, get a quick break in, come back with more, and this is The Morning Blaze. The Morning Blaze. We're kind of like the real news, except honest and factual. Huh. What a concept. The Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson, only on the Blaze Radio Network. most culturally diverse morning show on the radio hosted by a white guy it's the morning blaze with doc thompson how apropos that was perfect perfect. (laughs) i'm just trying to illustrate how these things come and go yeah racial derogatory terms have always been around they always will be not just racial but derogatory terms for for gender and religion for all kinds of things for sexual preference these things come and go often they go away when we stop concerning ourselves with them and when people you know accept them yeah this is what it is we're different and we should be able to laugh some yes. of these are funny some of them are ridiculous some of them yeah. are outright hurtful in the in their history yes but i'm curious how just generationally you guys don't even know some of these ones that i knew growing up no yeah it's, <clears throat> it's a perfect example is the one that we just talked about goop or gook that's one that yeah. I was like, no, that's nothing. I, was, I read the tweet. I'm you like, you didn't even understand it. I didn't even understand it. It's really fascinating because I mean, we, we went out on the keyboard. It's pretty close. We went out. We went out. Uh, I, 24, right? And then the new guy. We have a new mm-hmm. guy. He's 23, I think, and I'm 28. And then I was like, but then both 35 year olds. No, oh, they yeah, were like, they oh do. yeah, we were kind of like, you know, every time you mention, I was like, it's just a word. <laughs> Like, calm down. I don't see a lot of tweets. You know, you don't. And uh, B from the SAV tweets out um, uncomfortable Twitter silence as certain topics are discussed. Yeah, we calm that way down. We calm that <laughs> tag was like silence. And that is, again, very interesting because our audience is a little bit on the older side. And uh, Have you guys ever heard the term, the racist term, boot lip? Boot lip. Um... 
Mm, no, no, but I could. I'm assuming. Some, I think yeah. I know what it is. It's a black person. Yeah, yes, whatever. Yeah. Um, I knew the word growing up. Mm-hmm. In fact, there was a teacher that everyone called Bootlip. Okay. Mr. Johnston. He was such a goof. Um, he was a white guy. <laughs> he was a gangly, tall, goofy white guy. Like you. I had no idea. I didn't know what the term meant. Mm. <clears throat> everyone just called him Bootlip. I had no idea Is why. Is like a thing that like the older class that graduated or something, they did it and it was then it just followed. It was but I don't know who started it or why. It, by the way, it survived because he was a newer teacher decades. Uh, but I don't know. Did they know? Was it an older generation thing? Um, I'd never heard the term brownie. That was a 40s and 50s uh, reference to somebody black. Brownie? Uh, yeah, I've, I've heard that, but I, mean, um, I didn't think it was... I'm sure you've heard camel jockey. Nope. For somebody Middle Eastern. Mm-hmm. Nope. You guys have never heard that? that? Nope. Seriously? Yep. Post 9-11 and all the nope. jokes? Um, have you heard any reference to uh, turbans? Where people would say oh, yeah, towel, towel head. Or, yeah. Which yeah. You, you were in the military yes. and you'd heard that. that That's yes. pretty yes. troubling, right? Yes. Um, <clears throat> probably heard that. Cheese head. Oh, people from uh, Wisconsin. Montana. Oh, Wisconsin, yeah. Montana. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, the Montana. People from Wisconsin are like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Wisconsin. Actually, people. no, it's Dutch people. Okay. Oh, okay. Are, are they the ones that follow the wheel of cheese down the hill? I don't know. <laughs> that is so cool. They like try and catch it. <laughs> that is so those cool. Pe- no, those people are just called stupid. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> cabbage eaters. Yeah, people eat a lot of cabbage. White people? No. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and give you that. <laughs> the judges say technically, technically yeah. yeah. Uh, Germans or in some cases Russians. Uh, but this yeah. was uh, cabbage eaters or krauts. Mm-mm. You know, have you ever heard krauts? Uh, no. Like sauerkraut. But do you know what? The, see, that one's really interesting. I knew that growing up. Um, that's what they called Nazis. Or Germans. Oh, oh, I'm talking about the like the food and sauerkraut. <laughs> but yeah. that's where they got it because oh, okay. that's that's a German thing. Oh, okay. And sauerkraut's yeah. made out of cabbage. Both of those are By German. The way, you don't need a because... term for Nazis. It's Nazis. Why are we using food first off? <laughs> Can we not use food? Like I know apple you're banana. Making, yeah, you're making it. Uh, it's a broccoli bad. head cheese. In there. I just want cheese. I just want to eat my food and not <laughs> bacon covered pizza. What's it? <laughs> that's. You, you, that's Doc Thompson. <laughs> right. So no, but back in the day, this was a World War II thing, mm. and this wasn't. So this was related to a country. It wasn't a race or religion. Mm. It was country because we were at war. Mm-hmm. So they were like, ah, oh, those damn krauts, because of the sauerkraut, which is really an interesting thing. The krauts, right? Mm-hmm. And it's a very German word, though. Kraut, I want to say sauerkraut. I might have heard it, but from someone older than me, like older. Wait, and then obviously cabbage eater or something like that. Same same type of thing. Um, yeah, that one I. You didn't. Uh, you didn't know that one. No. Um, cholo. Oh yeah, yeah, that's me. That's still pretty common, yes. right? But uh, not in a bad, not in not a, a bad, bad way. way. People are actually embracing that yeah. one. Like I want to be a cholo. Hey man, what's up? Wait? Yeah. So that's a. Oh, that's a good is one. Is it like uh, queer, it's, where it's yes, reclaim yes. the word? Yes. Yeah, yeah. And even gay. Yes. Amazing thing about gay. Gay went from happy yes. and a great word mm-hmm. to oh my gosh, they're homosexual. Don't say gay. To ha- uh, to a positive embrace homosexuality yeah. type thing. Yeah, you want to be a cholo. I want to be a yeah, cholo. You want to be a cholo. You got to unbutton everything. I don't think I want to be a cholo. This is the Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson, only on the Blaze Radio Network.
enjoying what you're hearing, congratulations. You have a sense of humor. This is the Morning Blaze. Okay, I got to ask you just a couple more. Okay. I got to challenge you on a couple more if you know. Do okay. you know Limey? Whiny? Limey. Limey. No, no, no. Uh, don't say what it is, but do you know what it is, uh, Neil? Limey. Oh, yeah. I know what a limey okay. is. Um, if you don't know, I'm assuming Mordecai who just stepped out for a minute doesn't yeah. know. No. That was a uh, derogatory term for British people. <clears throat> what made it limey? Because this goes back to the uh, British Navy back in the day. Okay. They would sail all over the world. The sun mm-hmm. never sets on the British Empire. Okay. And they would come back with scurvy. The disease you get oh, yes, when you yes, don't yes, eat citrus yes, fruit. Yes, yes. So yes, yes. I don't know why specifically limes, but they <laughs> they mandated that there be limes on board ships and they would eat those to oh, stave to off stay, scurvy. Yes. So everyone else started calling them limeys because they always had limes on board. I mean, they oh, could have just cool. as. Yeah, I mean, they came real close to being grapefruity. Because <laughs> they had grapefruit on board? <laughs> right. Yeah, what like, they limes are smaller. Pack more of them. <laughs> I bet you that was too. Lemony. Lemony. Lemony freshness. <laughs> I didn't realize that kimchi is actually a derogatory term for Koreans. It's delicious. I just, but I didn't know it was a derogatory oh, term. Oh, I know, I know, but it's delicious. I realize I am not up on my derogatory Asian, certainly Korean terms. Yeah, you should be offended. I gotta be up. Right? Yeah. Here's the thing, I'm not gonna be offended. No. But if I can play the game to get money yes. from somebody sometime. Yes. How dare you say that of my children? We're offended. Yep. I'm happy to settle out of court right here on the spot. <laughs> <coughs> By the way, Mordecai is correct. Why are we centering this around food? Because now I want apple bananas. I want some kimchi. I want some lime. I want some sprouts. I want all that. Oh, my gosh. Do you realize how many words are close to the n-word yes yes versions of the n-word i was looking at it like that one i almost said oh and i was like "Ooh, that no, would have been uh, trouble for me isn't there a country just like the n-word and a lot of people were saying i think it was either last year or two years ago you can't say that no, you cannot say the country there is a word i'm not even going to say it uh that means uh if i remember cheap cheap Okay. That sounds like the N word. Okay. But there's a D L Y at the end. Dli. Okay? okay. So say the N word in your head and then add Dli. Yes. Got it. That has nothing to do with race. Mm. Nothing. It's it, absolutely removed from it. It just means like cheap or poor or something like that. And a teacher used that like eight, 10 years ago in class. Oh, no. Again, nothing to do with race. And. Kid goes home, tells the parents, parents call the principal, school board, emergency meeting, everybody starts melting down. The teacher's like, it's a word. <laughs> it's a, a th- it's a thing. It's this a has thing. nothing to do with Here's race. A dictionary. <laughs> I, right. I use a word. It's like saying Sheboygan. It's a word, right? It has boy in it. What are you talking about? And it's it's a word. And they said, yes, it is, and it has nothing to do with race. However, it is so close. No. You I, can't do that. I'm sorry. You cannot do that. It's, uh, wasn't gypsy a derogatory term towards gypsy people? And they took that back? Yeah. Well, and then people would say, don't gyp me. Yes, that one. And that was, I remember I that one. I didn't know that one. I didn't know that one either. I think it was last year that we found that out that was a bad term. I actually found it out a few years oh, back. Okay. And I said, and somebody called me on it. And I was like, Really? Oh my gosh, I think you're right. 
And immediately when I found that out, I stopped. No, no. I, <laughs> I don't care. How many gypsies do I know? How many? None. In fact, the gypsies I've met, I may want to still use it. I was in I was in Paris once, and the gypsies are all over the place. Oh, such horrible people! I feel like that was a setup to a joke. No, because we're not talking about like a race or just saying no. oh, black people are. This is a group of people that actually, mm-hmm. and maybe there's gypsies out there that don't, but the ones that I met in Paris, the ones that go table to table and try to steal stuff from you and mug you and uh, all these theatrics, and they uh, they stuff things in their shirt to make them look like they're pregnant mm. to get money out of you. Oh, it's horrible. We were eating dinner. Um, Right near the Arc de Triomphe, <laughs> out on the street on Charles de Gaulle Boulevard. And they have to go and shoo the gypsies out of there because they come up to your table and they beg for money and stuff. It's horrible. They have to shoo them out? Like dogs? <laughs> they do. In fact, they're like, come on. <laughs> and they make that, sho- that shooing motion. Get out. Shoo, 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 shoo. It's wow. horrible. Wow. All right. Um, do you know the term? And I got to ask Mordecai, and uh, he probably doesn't if you don't know it. Um, and again, this is like the other, and these are just terms people know. I'm going from the list here. Do you know Oreo? Yeah, the cookie. Black on the outside, white on the inside. It's, just, oh, it's the okay. same theme with the apple and the banana, yeah. all of that. Okay. And all of these go, these are all terms people say to people like them that are non-white people okay. saying that they are too white. Mm. Oh, sure, you're whatever race on the outside, black, red, yellow. But in mm-hmm. the inside, you're white. It's the mm-hmm. equivalent. Huh? Oh, coconut. Coconut's another yes. one. Same type yeah. of thing. And think about how insulting those are. I've mentioned that how Uncle Tom is one of the most insulting things yeah. you can say. Yeah. Not because of the term, but because of the history of mm-hmm. it and what you're calling. You're, what, you're selling out your people. I yeah. mean, that's just because you're no, no. acting a different. You're acting too white. You're acting yeah. too black, too yellow. That's ridiculous. I don't get that. <clears throat> the term jungle bunny. Is that like a snow bunny? Is that a... I don't want to say. Okay, then is don't a, say. Okay. It's, it was just a derogatory term for black. Oh. Okay, oh. And wasn't no, I was that. not thinking that Okay, either. don't say it, but you'll tell me later off the air. <laughs> I'm really curious about that. Northern monkey. I guess that's black people too. Up in the north. Canadians. Okay. But I would have said, if you said that, I would have said black. And there's yeah. all these questions. We've had kids uh, stop weekend retreats for college because somebody found a banana peel yes we talked and about thought that. it was a racist statement about somebody black that and it was literally just somebody ate a banana and threw the peel out but because a banana is stereotypically what monkeys eat and people have over the years used that as a derogatory term monkey the for, H&M for black right oh yeah, yeah the h&m shirt so, so think about how ridiculous you're going that and one two that far <laughs> removed from it right and we've said over the years it's like Okay, I understand, but George W. Bush looked like a monkey. What are you talking about? Yeah, There's plenty of white people. <laughs> so many uh, political si- cartoons were over Yeah, that look simian. Okay, northern monkey has nothing to do with race. It has to do with an area. It was used in the UK uh, by people in the south of England relating to the stupidity of people in the north. Okay, I can see that. Why'd you give me a look like I was right when I said Canadian? Because <laughs> it's up because north. it's up north. Up oh, north. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's, it's up north. It's yeah. not a race. It's just a oh, geographical okay. place yeah. or whatever. Yeah. But that's where it's like okay, it would be like people in the north ripping on the south here. Yeah, yeah. But again, there's a term with monkey in it. And if I said, as part of a shtick where we weren't discussing race or whatever, I was just like, oh, look at that northern monkeys talking yeah. about people in the north of England. 
people would be somebody triggered. in America would hear it and automatically assume because of the word monkey it was racist. Mm-hmm. Even if I showed a picture yep. of the British flag with people up north and the cutout of the the island of you know the, the United uh, of England, the United oh, Kingdom, okay. with them and showed it, people would still go up looking. Yeah, they would find a way to make that racist somehow. Unbelievable, and it has nothing to do with it. Nope. <clears throat> Uh, ooh, wow, that's a really disturbing term. Holy moly. Okay. I so want to share this. You can't. <clears throat> but I can't because it is so... So a lot of these are just references to a person's color, right? It's mm-hmm. white, it's black, it's Oreo, whatever. Oh, I knew Oreo, by the way. Okay. Yeah. Well, good for you. Good for you. But uh, what are you? We had a guest. Yes. Yes. You tell me that. It's, <laughs> it's been on the calendar for like a week now. That's why I was like, why is this still going on? Because I didn't know. We didn't have it. Yes. It's yeah. been up there for like a week now. No, I was yes. there yesterday. You no. are so lying to me. No. Mordecai. Dude, it's been up there. It's been up there. Okay. Well, we'll wrap this up. Had I known, thank you. I would have done this. But anyways, no. But some of these are really just horrific and mean, not because they're saying you're different, Mm -hmm. but because of something that happened. And the one I stumbled across, I can't even say what it is, but it's a reference to Jews. And it's a to to talk about them, how they were treated in in Nazi Germany. Oh, okay. Systematically exterminated. And I was like, holy moly, I've never heard that. Wasn't Jew, so, Jew like, also a... Do, do yeah, yeah. But yeah. I mean, that's again just, oh, you're one of that group. Oh, this okay. was like, hey, they were systematically exterminating mm. you. It was... Okay, that was a pretty rough term there. All right, got to get to the guests. Before I do, though, got to tell you about Riduzone. I know you guys are all triggered by food here. You're all yes. hungry. If you're taking your Riduzone, wouldn't be triggering <laughs> you as much because you'd have that full feeling yes. right now and your yes. metabolism would be boosted. If you're trying to lose weight, do so with Riduzone. It's a great product. Helps you lose weight because it boosts your metabolism and also gives you that full feeling. Mm. It works great. Work for a lot of people around here in the office, a lot of people over the last couple of years because they're a relatively new company, a new product. Go to riduzone.com and order yours today. And you start taking this in the next week or so, think how quickly you could lose those 10, 15 pounds. Most people don't have to lose 80 pounds. Most of us are like, I need to use 5, 10, 15, 20 pounds. That could happen in the next 30, 40 days. You could be down that amount. Boom. And Riduzone's there to help you get over that hump as you try to make that lifestyle change. R-I-D-U Zone. Riduzone.com. All right. Who's the guest? We got Don (laughs) Shepard. He's going to talk about the value of business ethics. Hey, how are you, Don? Sorry about that. Chris Chris was remiss in telling me you were waiting for us. (laughs) There is no apology needed. I so, so enjoyed listening in and... um, uh, the, the positive nature, but uh, good morning. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Let's talk a little bit about business ethics. It's yep. interesting that we should even have to have that. <laughs> I mean, right? I mean, doesn't that seem a little odd that people wouldn't just act in the best interest? You win, I win, we engage in commerce? <laughs> Absolutely. And um, uh, I wrote a book uh, that came out in April, and it's all around the issue that I, I think people have the mis perception, incorrect perception, that business is run by people who uh, don't have uh, integrity, values, ethics. And um, 
it's wrong, uh, but it's being brought out today, being discussed today, uh, because of the climate we're in, uh, that we're, uh, uh, the darkness we seem to have around this whole issue, and uh, how companies are being called out through various movements. Uh, people are so wanting and eager for leaders who possess integrity, ethics, and values. And uh, uh, most companies are. But um, anyway, I'm sorry. That's, the pr- that's why it's so much in the discussion these days. And uh, you talked about all these terms that are considered uh, negative. My goodness, uh, there are more than a few that have been adopted for uh, uh, business leaders uh, uh, by people. Yeah, and I, let's talk about that for a moment. So in this uh, world where we're all trying to navigate and make a little money, be entrepreneurs, one way or another, even even people that have jobs, you need an extra stream of income in the future. This is going to become more and more important because constantly today, businesses are challenged. Daily, we have a, a, a known business, a nationwide, international business somewhere that is challenged because one of their employees or spokesperson said something that is derogative or did something. I mean, we just had Papa John go through all this. How are businesses to navigate those waters? What are they supposed to do? Well, uh, those occasional uh, examples, uh, it may be very difficult to get by, but the reality is that most companies don't suffer from that because they, uh, it's who they are. Uh, the leaders and the people that they hire in most organizations are people with integrity, ethics and values. And so th- they don't slip into uh, the problem of uh, uh, being called out less moonvies uh, 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 currently. It's um, how do they navigate it? Well, by <laughs> having a culture uh, ah. that demands uh, uh, integrity, ethics and values in our operations and, and where the responsibility and accountability comes from the top of the organizations, big or small. It's also true, Doc, in the, uh, in the communities we live in. Uh, uh, it's no different. Uh, uh, it certainly, certainly is something that isn't managed well in the political forum and in our government. But Don, that's anyway. a great point. You're right. I think that likely starts, or a, a lot of that can be avoided if you have the proper leadership, the right culture. If you're one of those really culturally developed com- companies where the people all act together, because if you and I work together and we have that right culture, Don, and let's say I say something that truly was troubling to you, you'd say, you know, I've known Doc for years. I'm I'm sure he didn't mean it that way, right? You, right? <laughs> yeah, and and most likely uh, you wouldn't have said it in the first place. True, true. Uh, and uh, but you but you're right. It's a uh, there was a really interesting uh, example recently with Nike, uh, where uh, many of their women came forward and were protesting because they were being treated uh, 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 poorly, harassed by males, the uh, 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 boys club, and. Um, uh, it really, uh, in the analysis and looking at it, stemmed to the fact that the leadership uh, encouraged it, developed it by who they hired, um, who, what they allowed in the business practices, and, and so on. It's, uh, uh, you, you captured it much, much more succinctly. If you have leaders uh, who, who exhibit integrity, ethics, and values, and they hire that through the organization, you're not really going to have a problem. There will be mistakes made every day uh, but they're <clears throat> uh, they they can be dealt with by um, a slip of the tongue or a mistake and apology and uh, never do it again and let's move on uh, but the, the core of the business keeps going 
I'm sorry, I took too long to say the same thing you did. No, 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 it's okay. I think you're absolutely right on with this. I think, um, let's talk a little bit about solutions too. So if you have a business mm-hmm. and you're trying to create that culture, I think um, the important thing here is to remember that it's not the cliche things that create the culture. I mean, there's an easy, you know, a lot of first-time bosses, they go to those, those um, knee-jerk reaction, cliche, pop culture, well, let's do this cliche thing that I've seen other people do. They, you know, they were that window dressing. And I challenge them, I say, that if you really want to change the culture, it has to start with first saying I want to do well for people. I want the people that work here to do well, to be happy. I want this to you know, help fulfill their life beyond just a paycheck. When you care about people, I think you're on the right road to creating the right culture. You know, you should have written the book. Because that's exactly what, <laughs> as, as I travel and do endless, endless interviews, people say, what can we do uh, 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 to improve uh, uh, all of this? And I say, well, first, be a good person. Uh, uh, and, and it doesn't take any checklist or anything else. And um, uh, respect people, celebrate diversity, uh, listen to people, uh, and so on. But you just... <laughs> Don, this is, <laughs> this is awesome stuff. Um, it's Don Lee Shepard. The book is The Dividends of Decency, How Values-Based Leadership Will Help Business Flourish in Trump's America. Um, Don, I want to have you back on another time. We can explore some of this more as well when we talk some of these uh, you know, regular ideas and challenges we face in today's world. Where can people find your book? Uh, the book certainly is available anywhere, uh, Amazon, uh, Walmart, uh, Barnes & Noble. Uh, but you, what I would love is for people to go to their local bookstore, support local businesses, okay. and ask, ask their local businesses to say, can you find me this book? It's by Don Shepard. It's The Dividends of Decency. If they go on Amazon, they'll see nothing but five ratings. Um, and, <laughs> okay, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I went on too long. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, it's, it's available anywhere. Don, thanks so much, Penny. Appreciate you joining us. Have a great day. You can also go to Don shepherd.com it's the dividends of decency it's really good stuff there speaking of a solid company that's built on that culture that gets it patriot mobile is the only conservative uh cell phone company out there in america and it's not just that they're conservative and fight for your values as well they're not hiding it like these other companies we've said they disproportionately give to progressive causes and that's their right and that's fine if they want to do it but they give just a little bit So they can say, we give to everybody, to the other side. And that's not who they are. You know who Patriot Mobile is. They partner with 15 conservative organizations like Gun Owners of America, the Heritage Foundation, the Susan B. Anthony List, and they promote conservative change. They take a portion of your bill and contribute it back to those organizations at no cost to you. You could support conservative causes just by signing up for Patriot Mobile's nationwide, super fast, super reliable network. Just go to PatriotMobile.com slash doc. It's Patriot patriotmobile.com slash doc you can get a select iphone starting at only four dollars a month right now it's a great value so it doesn't have to be one size fits all for you pick the one that's right for you and your budget they also have great uh, deals on androids as well and if you hurry and join patriot mobile while supplies last and use the promo code doc they will waive your activation fee it's patriotmobile.com slash doc you are listening to the smooth sounds of the morning blaze with doc thompson
with Doc Thompson. All righty, that is it, ladies and gentlemen, the end of the morning plays. But before we go, as always, let's find out what we learned today. We learned even if you survive life-threatening constipation, you still have to move and change your name. I guess you do. Life-threatening constipation. We learned pro criminal tip number 3418. If you claim to have a twin, you better have a twin. Yes, yes. We yes. learn any 12-year-old who hates salad enough to call 911 on his parents should be given a pathway to citizenship. Yes, thank you. <laughs> thank friend. you. Yes. I, amnesty. Yes. We learned that cigarettes are not a valid form of ID in most jurisdictions. <laughs> Neither is marijuana. No, it is not. Chris Cruz, what, if anything, did you learn today? Doc, but I don't know about you, but I think Acosta has become the crazy girlfriend and needs validation from its boyfriend, the White House. I know, Trump, right? <laughs> Can you say we're not the enemy? Thank God Trump <laughs> has so, uh, Secret Service because Acosta would be throwing a brick through his windshield. Yes, yes. Going, Who are you out with? Who are you out with? You out with somebody else? Are, are, are you letting Sean Hannity interview you? <laughs> Brick through the window. <laughs> the TMB has never called for the choking of any member of the administration. No, no. We have never called for the choking of anybody at this network. Yes, yes. Other networks. <laughs> Neil, spinning the dials, radio style, Dallas, Texas, Mercury Studios. What, if anything, did you learn today? Well, after your lists today, I learned uh, my brain and I need to have a serious conversation. Yes. Have that conversation. Yes. Chris Cruz, what, if anything, did the listeners learn today? Nick and Detroit saying they call it a secret meeting between Obama and the press. Right. I call it Democrat Party strategy session. <laughs> yes. We have a winner. We have a winner. Uh, Larky Farkin saying, aside from racist, a co-worker of mine got let go recently because he made a comment jokingly about another Asian co-worker. Are they Asian? Yeah. Oh, hmm. yeah. uh, well, no one should do that then <laughs> The nerd with the Mojo 5-1 say No officer, my name is Jack Daniel Hands at the bottle <laughs> No, it's Jim Beam hey, Sorry, sorry, I'm Panama Jack <laughs> uh, TJ Toppin saying Holy crap, I never thought I would want Chris to read my tweet Instead of Doc <laughs> That is my mistake, sorry <laughs> Speaking Doc saying Man all he ever eats is cheese. <laughs> we know what story that's about. Yep. Uh, the Steve 42 saying, how do you not notice that you haven't taken a crap in weeks? Right. Um, seems to be a problem. A lot of pain. Hmm. Yes, yes. Hey, I didn't get to the new numbers on procrastination. Uh, uh, here's my plan. I'm writing it down now, and then I'm going to start Monday's show with it. You writing it right now? There we go. Right now, I'm going to do it on Monday's yes, show. Yes, yes. Uh, what else do we have coming up on Monday? Religious Monday, and we're talking somewhere from Google. Somebody from Google? Yes. Like one of the CEOs? Yes. Well, sorry. What is Glenn talking about today? Uh, Bill O'Reilly, news of the day. And what is Glenn wearing today? A pillbox hat. With that little veil that comes yes! down the little nest? That's yes. going to look good on him. Fancy That's pinky look, up, too. pink? Yep. Remember, the Morning Blaze is today a Chris Cruz production. Six Semper Tyrannus. Good night, Steve Cannon. Wherever, Wherever you, you are. are. Anya, now you go home. That's going to look good. A little flower in the top? Yes, pinky up, always. Believe it or not, you are actually being informed this is the morning blaze with doc thompson on the blaze radio network knowledge is power tweet at us with the hashtag what i learned today this is the morning blaze with doc thompson on the blaze radio network